0: Is it fucking up again? No, you said you didn't want to do music, so I unplugged oh, it. Oh, <laughs> you already unplugged it? That's how wonky our fucking system is. We need a better system where you can't just unplug. Oh, no, I mean, I I, I
1: I, usually unplug it just so nothing bad happens. Like, in the middle of it, I get, like, an instant message or something, and you're like, what
0: the fuck was that? Do you get instant messages
1: on your iPad? No, but I'm saying it's if something like that were to happen, you know? Gotcha. Big J,
0: what up, dog? Yeah, buddy. Thanks for coming in, man. Thank you for having me. It's very exciting. What is that? Is that an e-cigarette you, you're puffing yeah. on? You know, Congress is trying to fucking ban those finally.
2: That's fine.
0: They're stepping in. <laughs> the government's stepping up and ending these evil, evil e-cigarettes <laughs> yeah. that are stealing money from the mouths of the babies of the families that own the tobacco
2: companies. Which is Marlboro. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: who, uh, makes, who
2: makes your preferred brand? Uh, Logic. And I do with the uh, Logic Zero, no nicotine. This, so now that's just need, no, yeah, just no nicotine. Yeah. Oh, I see. So it's like a, just a, a habit thing. Crutch, yeah, yeah, But I haven't... I It's. I actually looked yesterday on my 29 days from a year.
0: That's interesting. That That's interesting, like a zero tobacco thing that just fills the habit. Because you've got a habit of puffing. pure
2: wa- Pure water vapor, yeah.
0: Wow, and there's no feeling whatsoever. Do you get like a little mental thing that happens? A mental thing, yeah. When Coming I get the itch to, to the go,
1: theaters, like the things that?
2: I've always wanted to do. What
1: are you putting up? Uh, they just... Uh New York just said that now uh, e-cigarettes are allowed to have paid commercials during movies now. And what? this is, has not, you know, they haven't had that for 16 years since regular cigarettes were.
0: Wait a minute, to. wait a minute, wait a minute. You mean before the movie Yeah, plays? like
1: paid product placements. Oh.
0: But wait a minute, that's not a product placement. Is that before the oh, the sorry. movie
1: or in the movie? Paid product placements in films has right. been off limits for tobacco companies for 16 years. So now they're allowed to have paid like in movies there's they're allowed to be paid.
0: So what you're saying is like if you watch the Incredibles or whatever, and they all and they're, pull it out, smoking e-smoke. e-cigarettes, they're yeah. getting paid for that. Yeah. I don't know why I said the Incredibles. Yeah. I, I, said the Incredibles. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> I was a Toy Story. going to throw Toy in. Story. Well, I was going to say, um, uh, I was, gonna, what's the November Man? What's the new one with the the, the Pierce, Pierce Brosnan, Brosnan yeah. fella. Yeah. So if he's smoking an e-cigarette, it's one of those
1: things, right? If he gets paid to do it,
0: that's so weird. That's that they do that on television you know like you'll you'll only be able to use like mac computers on some shows it's
2: so weirdly obvious too. I was yeah. I just remember American Idol like every judge ha- happened to be drinking a coke turned out to the right yeah well
0: there's that too and there's just there's also like on certain shows like you'll see everything even movies you'll see like every product is a Sony and they'll they'll close up on the Sony phone when someone gets a phone call so you see the Sony logo and it'll be on a Vio laptop and you go oh Sony <laughs> has a deal in this movie
1: actually when it's not Sony it seems like it's Always not like they always use Apple computers and they always have the sticker over the Apple logo or iPhones, but they have the Apple logo covered up for some reason. Like every single TV oh, yeah. show, so it's yeah. almost like Apple's like, no, it's obviously an Apple. Though you have to pay us no. to show the Apple. No, logo. no,
0: it's, no, you got it <laughs> no. totally wrong. To- totally, it's the opposite. Yeah, it's they don't get paid by Apple, so they yeah.
1: cover it up. Uh, That's what it is. If Apple paid them. Then they would have yeah, they're like we're not gonna advertise your thing Yeah, but isn't it weird that it seems like every show does use Apple products in all their shows
0: they want to you know
2: There's like a cult of Apple in Hollywood for sure, you know I'm not sucking my own dick, but I did a show called P. Diddy's bad boys of comedy on HBO (laughs) And that was it turns out that was just an entire season of a TV show to promote Sean John clothing Really, and they made you—you you had to wear Sean John clothing. Yeah, you had so to wear up, it when you did. Stand so they dressed up? me up in like hip hop clothes. It's great. What? It's really Wait,
0: you had to wear their clothes to do stand up. Yeah, on their and show. all
2: they could find in my size was a short sleeve like zip up sweater. That said Sean John across the front. Real oh, big. my God. And I you was gotta... about 70 pounds heavier than I am now. Wait a
0: minute. You did, you did stand up with a Sean John shirt on because they made you wear it?
2: Oh, yeah. I th- I mean, I did BT's comic view with them. My pant leg rolled up in my first like year of comedy, I think. One pant leg rolled up, like LL Cool J. <laughs> I bought <it> in full <laughs> wigger. I went hard on it. <laughs> did you? For how long? Just, you know what it was? I figured out, I started out in a black comedy room, and I just found out I could fucking destroy if I just went right to him. Right On that level. Now, I actually loathe that kind of comedy. And it's fun to expose that. Like the white guy who goes into a black room and just like, come on, (laughs) y'all. You know when you buy a bitch a drink and then that bitch walk away? I'm going to go dancing with that drink, bitch. I bought it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, every joke's like, you up in a club. (laughs) Well, there's a few white
0: guys who take on that role with zealous intention. Yeah. You know, there's a few of those white guys. There's always, like, one or two of those out there that, like, get known as a white guy who does black rooms.
2: Oh, man. Well, yeah, Gary Owen. i watch him. It blows my goddamn mind. <laughs> I have no idea. It's, like, listen- it's like listening to... <laughs> it, it, I, what, what's funny is that when you... If they turn the microphones off on the audience, you'd be like... And you said there's all black people in the audience. You'd be like, well, they're probably furious, right, at what's happening. Like, they're basically being called clowns. Like, they won't understand... A white guy, unless he does this, and then you turn on the volume of the audience, and they're just roaring, high fiving, just losing their shit in the audience. you like, really? It's such like a, it's such a grand scheme pander. It blows my mind.
0: But you're allowed to do that pander though, as long as it's like positive. You're allowed to do
2: that pander. It's if you do like, it good, it seems phony. <laughs> it seems so phony. It seems really phony. Because this- there's guys, I work with in the black circuit when I started that like. Fantastic comics, black... Like, Bill Burr used to do some of those rooms, you know? But isn't it weird
0: that, like, no one has any issue whatsoever with uh, a black guy who does, like, alternative comedy? Like, that really deadpan, you know... No one's got a Very problem white, with oh. nerdy comedy. No No one would say he's taking on the affectation
2: of the white nerds. No, but I'll tell you what. That guy eats shit in a real black comedy room. Yeah, the black nerd? Right,
0: right. The black nerd. The black nerd is comedy. not
2: accepted by the, no. Well I the mean,
0: the white guy who acts like a black guy eats shit in a lot of white comedy clubs.
2: Yeah, that's what happened. When I first came to New York and Look I was getting you ridiculous.
0: Wow. It's so crazy that they make you wear their clothes.
2: This lady would not stop hunting. You couldn't for, say no. Couldn't say no. It was no. a
0: part of the part of the deal.
2: Yeah. Wow. There was also some contract where uh in that where it's like he was your manager for like (laughs) three years beyond that show or something like he got a managerial cut of anything because assuming anything you got uh moving forward from p diddy's bad boys of comedy somehow was because because of p diddy
0: that's no joke man i've seen that in reality show contracts i've seen that where friends were thinking about going on a reality show and they brought the contract to someone and it turns out like say if you're like on a you know, if they created some new show, like a real housewives type show, mm-hmm. and then you became like the breakout star and and took off and had like cookbooks and shit like a lot of these chicks do and started making bank, they, they, get piece. they get a big fat piece of that, man. That's not all yours on some of these contracts.
2: Oh, yeah, because you'll be, it'll even be called like Oxygen Networks, whatever chick presents.
0: Yeah, it could be. I blah, mean, blah, you're blah, allowed cookbook. to use that in your credit, you know, like as seen on, you know, Sean Diddy's Bad Boys of Comedy. You're allowed to use that. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? What a ridiculous show. But, like, they'll own you. Like, they're saying that you have no value other than the value that they gave you. I mean, they own it. Like, they don't just, they don't benefit from having a talented person on their show that rewards them and gives them ratings, which in turn gives them more advertising. No, 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 no. They want a piece of your future prosperity. Your future prosperity based on you being an entertaining person that they put on television. So not only do they want to pay people just a shit tiny amount of money, then they want to script what they're doing, but then treat them like they're not even actors. They treat yeah. them like they're these weird slaves. These robots that they promoted. made out there in the world. Yeah. yeah, because an act no actors let anybody do that. You, can't, you, you don't get on a sitcom and they say, okay, we own all your book sales and your fucking, you know, anything you do in the movies or anything from here on but out. But the
2: reality stars, though, are you totally against it? Because there's some issue of the reality stars, though, are completely made by the network. They are. Not slaves, so what, though? though? But, uh, yeah, but.
0: How is it any different than actors? Because actors are better at it? Because they're. They because treat there's it as a craft. Because there's,
2: there is a skill there. Yeah, there's something that's like. Y- what about know, the ones
0: that suck? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, like, do you think, like. uh
0: Nobody Like, sn- ha- like
2: Snooky should always give some no. kickback to MTV nope. to some degree. No, no,
1: I don't. I just. Chef Gordon Ramsay. Well, it's that I think those are his shows. I don't know. He's on, like, four different shows. Yeah, but I think those are his shows. <laughs> yeah, he creates those. You know what I'm saying? saying. Like, yeah.
0: he's, he's a pretty famous dude. That's not a good example. And he also has a skill. It's like he's a, a world-renowned chef. It's not like Snooky. You know? you know what I'm saying? I it mean, depends you're what you are talking about do a guy though. who's already famous. Yeah.
2: If, it depends on what you do, though. If you're, like, the guy who's on The, the Bachelor and he owns, like, a horse stable, mm-hmm. if after that show the horse stable's business picks up huge... I don't think there should be any kickback from something like that. But if he does something moving on, like another reality show, like The Bachelor, All-Stars, whatever thing, like, sure, I think to some degree. Dude,
0: I think that's crazy talk. I think a person who's working for you when they're doing something like that, if you're a producer of a, a, a television show or an executive at a network or what have you, who I don't know who's getting the money. and You hire someone. You're hiring someone because you think that they're going to be the best performer in this Production that you're putting on. Sure. We, no, let's stop pretending they're reality shows. Sure, okay. The only reality show is fucking Cops. Okay, you know how you know it's a reality <laughs> show? Because one of the guys got shot and killed the other day because it's real. Really? they really are. Yeah, yeah one of the, the sound, sound guys.
1: Guy. And they filmed the whole thing like regular Cops style.
0: Yeah, the guy got shot and killed. The fucking sound guy did. That's a, That's the only real reality so There's his video's probably. out there?
1: No, it hasn't been released. Yeah, yeah. it's, yeah. it's a really
0: recent thing. Um, but when you're watching a lot of these shows, whether it's about selling cars or you know whether it's about being in a pawn shop, it's all rigged. Yeah, it like, is. It, everybody knows what the subject's going to be beforehand. They know what the scenario is. They're painting, so you're basically an actor. You're in some quasi actor. Okay, they can't. They put you on the show. Say if we we do fucking big G, big Jay's Grill House. And uh, I decided, fuck <laughs> so it. it, I'm going whole hog, and then you see like a hog spinning around <laughs> on a thing. Big J, I do stand-up comedy, but I also love cooking. So I decided to open up. And then they, they what, they own you? They own you? They own a piece of you forever? That's no. more shit. The yeah. reason why they want you on the show in the first place, whether you're some crazy housewife that fucking gets pilled up and starts screaming at people, or whether you're Charlie Sheen, uh, if he ever does a reality show. The reason why they want you is because they think people are going to tune into you and they're going to benefit from that. Like they can't, they can't own you because they made you. Fuck off. No, you're right. And I guess so wait, the, you know what I was
1: talking about originally. I can't even remember who you're talking about.
0: I'm not talking about anybody in specific. I'm talking about these reality shows. Oh. These reality shows where they take people, and you know, we're talking about him being forced to wear those shirts, and I'm saying that these. These shows that like like him saying that he was going to be uh, managing him for three years afterwards. They, they connect people wow. in these weird ways sure. where they'll own you for a, like a long time. After your thing, they'll get a, a kickback.
2: But I guess you're right. Even in the example that I use, I guess like Snooki really like she was cast to do something. Of so she was. So in essence, she is an actor.
0: When that camera's on you, man, let's be real. It's very difficult for people to be themselves. It's just very difficult. When the camera's on you and they say, ready, go, you're performing. Whether you're performing in some weird sort of a, 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 a sitcom ish reality show that's just not it's not based on reality. I know what the fuck is really going on. Like, did you see Alan Thicke's show?
2: What no. he had?
0: A, Alan Thick had this reality show. And no. You would watch him. and You go, why didn't you just do a sitcom? Like, but it's just I, so this set is, up. It's so set up. Everything is yeah, set the up. The Gene
2: Simmons thing is like that, too, exactly.
0: right? Exactly. It's, it's, it's sad, and I, I love yeah, Gene I Simmons. I love Gene Simmons. Do you have a KISS shirt on? Yeah. I love KISS. I found a letter the other day that um, Paul Stanley's coming in. I found a letter the other day that I, I read, I wrote rather, to some magazine when I was 11 years old. Like a, a KISS letter. Yeah, my mom saved it. Someone to bring it in, and read it to Paul Stanley. <laughs>
1: what's it? What's his new? Sh- don't they have a new show? Gene Simmons has, has mm, a new yeah. show.
0: Him and Paul Stanley have some arena football show. I don't know what, the, what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what shit. they're doing. But the the, the reality fuck?
2: show, that reality show, those are hard to watch. Do you uh, especially with ones like, why is Mark Wahlberg doing a reality? Like oh, he's killing God. it in life. But yeah, but he's
0: getting exposed as being a doofus by his reality show. That's what I mean. Ways. It makes yeah. him look like. It just looks yeah. like it looks
2: like a desperate move when it's not. Well he's not he's it's a, a narcissistic he's, move, I think. I don't even
0: think it's that. I think he probably wants to help all those other people out. That's help think, his brothers. Yeah, he's helping his brothers and his family out. It's it's he's sick of helping
2: them like actually helping them, like giving them money so yeah. it's like come earn a little bit, I, I guess. I think
0: having him a part of it without a doubt. I mean he's a mega movie star. Having him a, a part of it ensures its success. People want to see Mark Wahlberg hanging around with his family,
2: period. I'll watch I'll watch a show a reality show that I find interesting to some degree, I'll at least give it a couple of chances. I couldn't, and I, I very much enjoy Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, but I couldn't, couldn't even it. drum up a reason to give it a shot to watch that. Other it's than the, other than other than to watch it for the wrong reasons, and if he's welcoming that, that's kind of weird. Well, what we were saying
0: earlier, I think, is really true about these reality shows being completely scripted. But the reason why is because these kind of shows can happen where they're just boring. Nothing's happening. You know, if the Kardashians aren't fighting with their mom or fighting with their boyfriend, or this guy's out of rehab or that girl's pregnant, it's always like something you're tuning into. There's always some chaos. So they know how to hook you up. Oh, the best
2: one is the, the best show by far. And I recommend it actually like watch it. It's great. Uh, even if you skim through it on DVR, The Bad Girls Club. You ever seen that? <laughs> I've heard of it. I could watch that over and over. I can't girls, force myself. They're sad. pieces of shit. I mean, these <laughs> chicks are ga- like garbage. And every Don't put week it they in fight of it online. They, they they fight over just immediately out of the gates. It's like this bitch thinks she's cute, and they're like, what'd you say, bitch? And then they and then they <laughs> hospital fights fights that get them <laughs> at the hospital. Well, that's how they stay on television. Oh yeah, and, they, and then the producers come out and they say like, look. Mm-hmm. We let you guys fight, you know, it happens, but you, did, you hit her in the, in the eyeball with a high heel, so we're going we're gonna to have to ask you to leave. And that's like a teary, like, you know, I'm going to miss my girls. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's ridiculous.
0: Hit her in the eyeball with a high heel.
2: Yeah, man, and, and
0: people will take things to the next level because that's how you get noticed. If you don't take things to the very next level, you don't get noticed.
2: Yeah, they, it works. I mean, that's yeah. why, I mean, the UFC is such a great example of that. It's buried boxing. You know what I mean? Like It sort of he, has. He, well, the problem with boxing is
0: there's only like a few big stars. That, there's like a few fights that you want to see. And it's they're just going to punch... Like the Floyd Mayweather, um, Maidana fight this past weekend. Right. Mayweather's a master. He's a master boxer. It's beautiful to watch. I mean, he really knows how to fight. I mean, he's just one of the rare... Real like him and Bernard Hopkins, James Tony is a good example. Just the real bo- uh, Andre Ward, just boxing mm-hmm. masters. Like if you understand how difficult it is, what they're doing, it's amazing. Yeah, to but watch. you're watching
2: a guy paint a really beautiful picture. Where in MMA you get that too, and you get to satisfy that gladiator urge that you want to see two guys fight. I get uh, uh, my ears perk up on any time I see people fighting on the street or anything. It's like.
0: Yeah, that's human that's DNA. Prime, yeah. yeah. Well, the, the, this the added elements of takedowns and chokes and slams, and it makes it more crazy. Kicks. And you if know? you're a
2: guy who's a fighter, if you're a young man who can box, the reason why there's no stars, I think, is you're almost like, oh, I could probably learn some spin kicks and really like <laughs> that's such a much more glorious way to win. Is you know, you know, the cage like you know, Anthony Pettis cage mm-hmm. kicks wins are like the prettiest thing you've ever, better than any, you know, or or at least. Tied with any great Tyson knockout, and yeah, I love without Tyson knockouts. So what are you him. doing? Uh,
1: there's that fight that we were uh, talking about earlier, where a student, a, a black uh, girl, attacks a, a teacher and starts Let slapping. Let us like don't
0: don't say what it is. Okay. Let's show it. Right, are we gonna get in trouble for this?
1: <laughs> no. Is
0: this World Star Hip Hop?
1: No, I think it's the new. It was on the news. That's the best. So this story.
0: is like someone film it with their iPhone. Yeah. Is that what happened? Yeah. Oh, lower no what shit. Whoa, shit. Oh, my God. She's attacking the teacher. Whoa, this is crazy. This chick is just swinging at the teacher. Oh, he judo hip-tossed her and held her down. Whoa,
2: that's crazy. That school needs crazy
1: Joe Clark. Holy to lean shit. on me. They need to lean on me principle. I think I would have went more crazy. He handled it way better than if that chick started slapping me.
0: Well, this is a, this is gets into the subject of what we were talking about the other day with uh Anthony Kumia getting hit on the street while he's taking photographs. People don't react well. That guy reacted very well to getting hit. He didn't hit back. Right. A lot of people just hit back when they when they get hit and if you're, a, especially if you're a man and you're hitting a woman, anytime people are hitting people, if a woman hits you, it's fucking dangerous, man. Getting punched in the face is, like, everybody thinks that a woman can punch you in the face and you're going to be fine. Like, oh. no, there's a lot of women that will knock you the fuck out, man. If they, especially if they connect on your jaw. You can't be hitting people. And if you can't, you know, if you do hit people, man, you got to be really careful who you're hitting. Because if they hit you back, like if that guy just decided to tee off on that chick, I mean, you see the way he threw her to the ground? That's a guy who knows martial arts, for sure. And he was avoiding all of her hitting him, but he wasn't hitting her back. But if he did, man, you're running in, flailing your arms, and some guy uncorks one on your face, you fall back, you're unconscious. You're going to bounce your head off the ground. And sometimes people die from that shit. Yep. And that's a real problem when people get knocked out they fall down and they hit their head on the
1: ground and die it's like you're pretty much maybe having a really bad car accident with your face
0: which yeah it's just like that it's it's the ground is completely like there's there's it resists a hundred percent like there's no give to it like if you fall in dirt you're gonna be probably okay you know like if you fall in a grassy area you'll you get a concussion but you might crack your head wide open if you fall on concrete.
1: Bowling, I've seen it, man. Like a bowling ball. You ever yeah. dropped a bowling ball, that sound? Mm-hmm. Imagine that's your head. That's-
0: yeah, and the, <laughs> the amount of distance that your head travels. If you're a six-foot-tall man and someone knocks you out, you're probably going to travel a good five-and-a-half, six feet. I mean, depending on how you're standing, you go unconscious, you're, that's a lot of distance, probably more than six feet, because you know, you're going to fall back first, too. I mean, there's probably going to be a lot of momentum Connected to your head bouncing off that concrete. It's awful. It's awful Those fucking videos freak me out man. Oh the
2: fight videos. Yeah, some crazy face kicks and stuff I can't believe I'm almost like so shocked At the mentality of someone that can do like inflict that kind of harm on somebody I
0: always think that there's a lot of them out there that people aren't aware of So I'm not shocked when I see it. I'm always like I fucking knew it. I know there's people like that out there I know there's people that have experienced just Awful shit from the time they were born if you grow up in a household where everybody's beating the fuck out of everybody And you go to school and people beat the fuck out of everybody and you see abuse And you see people are going to jail left and right and life has no value and you are seeing people die That's what you're seeing when you watch those world star hip-hop tapes where a dude's out cold and guys are running by just Punting him in the head. Yeah,
2: I've seen a bunch of those. Yeah me too. It's always like it's like It's shocking it's, that someone can do that to somebody else.
0: That's a wake-up call for people man. unless you're
2: in if your life was directly threatened, and you were in that kind of a rage Maybe, but I mean, once somebody's down, like, I don't know, I've been in a lo- I've been in a, would a, a, say for a, for a guy my age, a decent amount of street fights in my life, but I've never, uh, I've never had, like, a kill urge, ever, you know, I've lost, I've won, but even when I win, like, when it's over, it's kind of over, you know what I mean, I've never, like, try to put somebody like that you know I guess it would depend everybody.
0: on why you're fighting right yes yeah, but mean, some 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 to save my someone. point but like, even if like
2: I don't know what if, if it was like- a
0: guy beating the shit out of your girlfriend you know what I'm saying? Sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, what if you pulled up somewhere and just st- got there right when a guy was beating the shit out of your girl
2: I'm not saying not to knock him out, but I mean like to punch somebody's head. Like, I don't know. It's like, I just don't know where my killer rage kicks in. Like actual murderous rage. I don't know where that level is in me.
0: Yeah, I think. I think
2: it's pretty deep. I'm a pretty mellow, dude.
0: I, yeah, but I think if you were confronted, I mean, you might be. I don't. You know, I don't know you. But if you were confronted by someone that you were trying to protect, someone that you cared about very much, and mm-hmm. you're trying to protect them, that's when people get murderous. When they feel like someone is a being, like someone's trying to murder someone you love, that's when people get murderous. You know, that's a, sure, that's a yeah, very yeah. common one.
2: But people, I'm saying my point yeah. is being like a street. I, I promise, whatever the situations were on the World Star Hip Hop videos where guys are getting face punted, I mm-hmm. promise they weren't. It wasn't calling for that. Yeah, you most likely know. punting a guy who's already unconscious. Well, I've
0: seen a few of them where it's people just being drunk idiots, yeah, laughing, like laughing yeah, about the or talking doing. shit, or starting a fight when they were too drunk and they got knocked out, and then once they were out, everybody just started taking free shots at them. Did you ever see
2: that? It's literally the worst people in the world, quite possibly. Because, and I think you would agree, especially someone who's trained in martial arts, which you have. And have you ever seen that video? of The guy, the, the the weird homeless black guy. Who's crazy and he goes into the karate studio? Oh
0: yeah, and they kill him. And
2: they—I I, I don't know if he's dead, but
0: that was supposedly what happened. Was he, he died? died. That's—I no, mean, the noise he's making after that excess.
2: Yeah. And and what's what's ridiculous about it? It was such a a cockwagging because the reason that guy went so far is because when he was trying to like do a show off, like, uh, let me stand up and fight this guy. And Like, you know shut him up. Uh-huh. He wasn't doing very good. <laughs> like, yeah, the karate guy was not like beating his ass in this fight Like that this weirdo was actually like giving him a hard time to some degree
0: Well, yeah guy knew how to fight a little bit, you know, the other guy knew how to fight a little bit the guy got
2: killed he, Yeah, he
0: definitely had you think some, so really yeah enough that he had been in fights before, you know He wasn't totally helpless the guy beat the shit out of him, but in, you were right in the beginning. He wasn't getting the best out of it. Yeah, he, I think the guy had probably. I mean, he must have had some street fighting. Yeah, and he was also crazy. He's and crazy. They, but they the, guy, but the guy thought. But
2: the guy thought. Yeah, the guy thought he was going to kind of like, like, it's like yeah. knock him around a bit and, and make him look stupid. But it was taking him long. We <laughs> should stack because I don't even know if that's true. Uh, you know, man
0: kills man in kar- homeless man in Karate Academy.
2: And I feel racist for assuming he's homeless. I don't know if I think homeless. he is. I mean, that's what the
0: story always was. Yeah, the guy's
2: black and crazy. He's probably homeless. In Karate Academy,
0: Snopes. Let's see. Karate Instructor Unofficial dot com. Murder of mentally ch- challenged man.
2: Yeah, it seems like it really happened, man. But I mean, those face stomps. Like, what kind of human being does that? The kind of guy the, but I mean the kind of guy who gets a buzz cut and grows a mustache and, and works in a karate school, do you know what I mean? like that guy mm-hmm. seems like not that you can't be crazy and be all those things, but doesn't it seem like a guy who's a little put together? Well, the guy who was the uh, main guy was a marine.
0: He's a karate instructor, and uh, he let his uh, his student it was who fought this guy, and his student allegedly actually killed this guy. <laughs> it's like the real it's like the real life Cobra
2: Kai's it's
0: yeah. like they found a real evil karate teacher. <laughs> yeah, but there's a thing man that people do um, There's a video Brian if you want to pull it up Wait, should I, should I search? Well, actually we probably shouldn't some okay. see someone getting killed right? Yeah, it's, it's brutal up I mean it's online, but it's really it's it's a tough one to watch even well that's a He was up for assault in the 18th of the month on an unregulated charge Wow so, I don't know what the fuck happened. You think, if, happened. It, if it's
2: true, you think with that kind of evidence, should that guy die?
0: Okay, this is stupid, man. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Hold on a second. This is one of the things that says, Sources in the medical and law enforcement community t- t- community tell us that indeed the victim must have died. The snoring at the end is so-called agonal agonal breathing and a sign of massive brain damage and impending death. That's just not true. It isn't true. When you get knocked out, you snore. That's Whoever said that has never seen someone get knocked the fuck out. When people get knocked out, they have that horrible snoring. It happens all the time.
2: That's really scary. <laughs> it's scary, very scary as thing.
0: shit. Scary as shit. Uh, the first time I saw it, I was 16. I saw somebody laid out, just... <laughs> it doesn't mean they're going to die. That's not true at all. So whoever wrote this story, I don't
2: believe him. This now. This guy should come out. And do a, a show yeah. <laughs> Before he just comes he has like a diagonal face yeah. <laughs> His face is just uh, got the foot Guys footprint in it still It's all
0: um a vi- there's a video of it And there's all these stories of it But none of them substantiate any like Legal stuff I guess you'd have to Look into it deep enough but apparently This shit was a long time ago Yeah it
2: looked like it was a long time ago. But I like mean, but I'm, like Based, based the- on the theory that if he did die Do you think that guy deserves to die The guy who did it the guy who died
0: deserves to no, die, no, or the no.
2: guy who killed him? The guy who killed him. Well- With that kind of evidence, like it's clearly from that. It's
0: clear that they were they were fighting. I don't know what the conversation was that led that guy to be fighting that guy. I don't know if he said, I'm going to come in and
2: fight to the death. I
0: don't <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I
2: don't- It didn't seem like that kind of a dark underground, like Kumite situation. <laughs> it's like some place in- Des Moines, Iowa.
0: Right. It was in, I think it was in somewhere in Georgia. But anyway, the guy was a schizophrenic. So it really doesn't matter what he said. He's crazy. I mean, that's why it, it happened in Virginia, December 13th, 1984.
2: And he's obviously Virginia. crazy, he's too. Obviously that's crazy. the thing. He, he yeah. walks in, you're like, this guy's a lo-. And you could have... You, that guy literally also could have hugged him,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and that would have ended the situation. Do you know what I mean? There's a thing that happens like- in martial arts schools, though, <clears throat> where um,
0: if you're running a martial arts school, crazy people will show up. And they'll start like they'll start shed. I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand. I've seen it at my Taekwondo school. He would my my instructor would take guys like that that would come into schools and he would make them spar with black belts, and put them just like uh, you know he would go okay so you know how to fight you're a pretty good guy right uh, we're gonna do some sparring here okay um, you have your gear we have gear for you do you have your gear and he would like lure these guys in because right. they would come to school and they would go you are a false master. You're a false master, you don't truly know martial arts. And you, you know, they try to reason with him. Listen, sir, you know, you can- uh, <laughs>
2: Was you can, it was the Wu-Tang Clan? You can <laughs> watch
0: like a class, was- but you can't yell things out. Like people, there's nutty people that'll come in that have like real mental issues. And They could be dangerous, you know, they also could be martial arts trained, too There's a lot of people that just learned how to throw kicks and punches from friends like like if you teach an athletic person How to deliver a good straight punch and just show them the mechanics of it and they practice on a heavy bag They can fuck you up if they hit you You yeah. not they don't really have to be like really well trained and disciplined and so there's a lot of people that have martial arts abilities like the ability to punch you really hard in the face But they don't really know how to fight. They don't, they've never been formally trained. But they might charge you and punch you in the face, and they could be really dangerous. So if you're in this sort of a scenario like that, a lot of times these martial arts instructors are forced to defend themselves against these crazy people. Sure. It didn't seem like that. Yeah. It didn't seem like that in this video. In this video, it seemed like they lured the guy in, set him up, and then beat the shit out of him to death. The
2: saddest part is at one point during, like, when they're just kind of like, it almost seems like slap boxing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. the homeless guy stops him and he goes, you're good. <laughs> he gives him like a compliment. Yeah, yeah, he goes, yeah. you're good. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's kind of a fucked up
2: video. And he man. starts saying, he and He does." He starts saying, don't stop. Yeah, At one yeah. point he does tell mm-hmm. him to stop and then it just the gets so... The guy won't stop. And the he's guy stomping stop.
0: on him while he's down. It's, it's gross. hmm I don't know if the guy died. Um, but if the guy did die, yeah, that's, that's basically murder. I mean, it's like... Perfect example. What we said is, where would that murderous rage come out? Would it come out if someone was trying to kill your mom? You probably would. Sure, it probably would come out. But this guy wasn't in that scenario. This guy was like the guy was saying, "Don't." Like he, yeah. would, he was saying, "Stop." He had given up. Like a healthy person backs away at that point.
2: Yeah, the guy. It's like it's merciless. Right. It's just complete. Like, I think I was so offended somehow, but I wonder if they just got away with shit like that
0: And this is the only one that people saw like I wonder if this had happened more than once Cuz like if a guy's willing to beat a guy to death like that and then dispose of a body And this is the only piece of evidence that some schizophrenic guy was murdered Like that motherfucker's probably killed a bunch of people before and he's a marine That's the other thing yeah, we don't know what kind of action he saw You know if you if you have you you know You're serving your country and you're used to killing people on a regular basis Then you come back home and some fucking crazy schizo guy wants to come into your karate school and talk shit Yeah, you'll let a guy kill him like why not you've been killing people for years
2: (laughs) in the 80s That was like how they like Yelp reviewed like karate schools like how many homeless guys have you killed? (laughs) Three homeless guys and counting
0: I was a part of many challenge matches where people showed up at the school and uh, I got to watch them fight friends. I I fought dudes that just showed up at the school. That was a super common thing.
2: But you can more or less with that. Well, we
0: took them to you the deliver hospital. a couple, really. Oh yeah, we took a lot of those guys to the hospital after we beat them up. We would bring them to the hospital after they sparred. But easily could have happened to me. I mean, I was good, but there's a lot of good guys that came in too. there were yeah the guys that had t- they had talent There's a lot and when of guys they say they want like,
2: fight where you put on gloves Depends
0: depends on Sometimes like, was... what they said a lot of it was bare-knuckle really yeah Yeah, cuz you, you didn't know like what they wanted to prove
2: You know like, what is what? I've never and I've never been good at even back in school when it was the meet me at the library I'd throw a punch then See, I When never, the guy would say it, because I was like, I, I say, <laughs> if I got to think about it till three, I probably won't show. Like, I'll probably chicken out, like, later. Like, I'm angry now. Let's just do it. Let's get into it. That's probably the best way to get everything broken up and keep it from
0: being, like, something that no teachers or adults know about. The problem is, if you go in a field, meet me in the field, mm-hmm. then it's like children of the corn.
2: Someone can get killed,
0: yeah. Because yeah, I mean, I Lord uh, of the Flies. <laughs> I had to
1: do that a few times, and oh. it's, it was with bullies, and it always sucked, but it always it turned out me beating them up, so it was great. What kind of bullies did you beat up? Uh-huh. One was like, all it, girls. One is now a co- <laughs> one is now a cop, and the other guy I think is dead. Wow. Yeah, most of
2: the, <laughs> most of the guys who talk the most shit though just never had to really beat. Yeah, confronted with somebody like stepping up to it. Like, yeah, you know, when you're a kid, everyone's kind of. I mean, I bought into it too. That's why I said, but whatever was instilled in me by my dad and step pop was like very much like get it going while you're angry. You know, what I mean, like don't don't wait for it. And that's why I, uh what I was gonna ask when they'd come in, they'd say like you know Rogan. Go teach this punk a lesson. <laughs> like, the, what was going? Well, with, we, we didn't did even have a conversation
0: pump? about. It. Yeah, you'd get nervous as fuck. But the idea behind it was, my instructor was training a bunch of people for national tournaments. So the idea was like, these guys can't hang with you. You're a national level competitor, and this is a good thing to experience because it's very dangerous. So you're gonna be able to. You're gonna have to perform under some very real pressure. Like people just swinging at your face, and you know you're you're dancing around inside this closed area, looking to knock each other out. And it happened a lot. It happened, I mean, not a lot, but it happened every three, four months. Over the course of like seven years that I was there, every three or four months, some guy from another school would come into town and would want to show people up, would like, you want to show everybody how much better his style was, and people would duke it out. It was it was crazy when you stop and think about it. But this is all pre-UFC and there was a lot of delusional people too. There was a lot of people that thought that their martial art literally could not be beaten. they did a certain type of wing chun and if they could go to a taekwondo school and spar, they would just run through people. There would be no way they could stop them.
2: Did you get half off your monthly dues if you won the fight? I didn't like, I didn't pay at, at, after a certain amount of time.
0: I taught so like, if you when kill was, three homeless people, you don't have <laughs> to pay. <laughs> when I was a kid, I started out when I was really young. I was like, uh, when I was fifteen, I was completely dedicated, and uh, I was there every day. So they would give me things to do. They would give me like I would clean things or I would teach classes. I taught a lot of private lessons. Like the people that are first starting out, you have to learn in you know like in private lesson form. And since I advanced really quickly and I'd spend so much time there, I was pretty good at breaking down the technical aspects of like certain moves.
2: You know, it's funny and pardon the the hand job here but i think you're a, a fantastic comedian super funny and uh you, you have such the origin story of a guy who would not be do you know what i mean but, but but yet i know a few people like that too people that are very like strict in life about certain things mike vecchione hilarious comedian standing he's like a very like regimented guy grew up football he was good at it he excelled wrestling went to penn state wrestling there you know and then but hilarious comedian but usually it doesn't breed the funny guy
0: yeah i think people usually have- like the
2: introvert or the not, or the, you know the weird kind of like social awkward guy or the class clown type goes onto that But it's not usually someone who's like a strict like you know usually that story becomes like you know i have four kids they all wear Dockers and fucking <laughs> sweaters no one says fucking but i'm not like a i'm not strict
0: i just get into things i'm just very motivated like i'm a more like I wouldn't say I'm disciplined as much as I get more obsessed You know, I'm disciplined at things that I'm obsessed about but I'm not like a strict person and in the other way Like I'm not strict
2: socially I'm saying usually the the comics who like a guy who's in shape and Doing comedy and like cares about that and cares about his health. like just tends to not always be it's usually a guy It's like, you know some fucking some pig the other day, you know this (laughs) fat broad because you know at 165 pounds, you slob you know just being like that and you're like who's relating to this right right and and, and it, you definitely transcend that but i mean like that's that's what i'm saying it's weird that uh i don't think that always happens i think it's more of an odd thing it i think could more the guys like you know so i was getting it's when all all of your um, like flaws kind of become your virtues in comedy, you know, mm-hmm. so the nerd who got beat up now He's telling his stories about getting beaten up and now girls will fuck him because he knows how to tell it funny Do you know what I mean that's usually the origin story?
0: Of yeah, it. but it doesn't have to be See, that's the cool no, thing
2: about comedy is there's so many versions, you know Like
0: black guys have always had that thing where they're allowed to dress up really cool on stage wear gold chains and crazy leather outfits like remember Eddie Murphy and yeah. delirious and but it's raw the,
2: but it's the entire difference of black comedy and white comedy. If you're gonna take by those circuits, I said there's definitely comics that bridge both worlds. But uh the difference in is like white mainstream comedy is very like self deprecating, you know, it's yeah. like my little dick, fat guy, bald, whatever it is. And black is very like, so I'm slanging the dick, right? And it's just like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. the fucking, the, a stool at a black comedy club is probably yeah. owed a lot of money in civil court to just like... <laughs> just been fucked. I mean, yeah, just like off to the side stages and a bunch of like broken uh, up stools like from uh, from gang rapings. I mean, there's so like... But when I would watch, I grew up like a big fan of comedy and watching like everyone in the, in the 80s that I would watch to, to getting to where Def Jam became the thing. I loved all that, too, I, and I just didn't even know, I almost didn't even notice the difference that comedy had taken a turn to, like, you know, how good you are at fucking and how big your dick is. <laughs> well, it's, comedy can be
0: anything, man. It's just got to be funny. That's what people don't understand. Like, if anybody wants to say that, like, I've heard people say this, this is like a social justice warrior thing that they say, that real comedy always punches up meaning like get get at the bad person that's above you dominating you the boss the president real comedy sure, punches sure, sure. up and you know you don't pick on any people that are below you but the reality is sometimes punching down is fucking hilarious sure it's not it's not always but it's about what does what the subject matter? Like, yeah. what it, Like you could, like, I remember Louis C.K. doing a bit about how his kid is a fucking asshole. Sure. And it was really fucking funny. Because, first of all, you knew he wasn't serious. Right. It was. I mean, he was talking about his kid, like, in a frustrated way, about a kid just being a kid. I'm sure he loves his kid like he loves life itself. But because he's, he's punching down. He's he's making he's like shitting on his kid for being an asshole. Sure, sure. And it's hilarious. It's like there's no rules. There's no rules like a guy has to be self-deprecating. The the guy's saying, so I'm slinging that dick, right? I'm giving that good dick. You know when you're giving that good dick and you feel that asshole reverberating off your ball sack <laughs> every time you come down home?
2: Blah-da-loop. <laughs> <You>, Blah-da-loop. <laughs> you could be
0: crying laughing listening to that. Crying laughing. Or you could be crying laughing listening to a guy who talks about how he can never get laid. <laughs> the, the, there's, the variable in those things is just... Is it funny or is it not funny? That's the important variable. <laughs> we,
2: me and my buddy watched a uh, Nick Cannon special. You want to have fun, man. Get stoned to just watch a Nick Cannon special. It's just... <laughs> it's if you like... I love watching just ridiculously horrible comedy. It's my favorite <laughs> thing in the world. I can't do it. And just watching Nick Cannon uh, buy an hour of television so he can slowly but surely peel down from a tuxedo to a tank top is <laughs> one of the... First of all, he has a backdrop. That's just a million light bulbs. So when he moves, it's going to give you a fucking seizure. <laughs> and his jokes are all like, you know you meet a girl up in a club, and you're all like spladoosh, <laughs> like, just oh. noises. And and then apparently Mariah Carey was texting that night, like live tweeting or whatever. Oh. And she goes, I told you my baby was funny. <laughs> oh, my God. Did she say that? I love that. If you want to watch a show that will just bring joy to your life, have you ever heard of Bill Bellamy's Who Got Jokes? Oh, well, scared. just take a weekend and really dig into it, because it's I uh, I don't think I have it in me. It's a comedy. Yeah, you don't like watching bad comedy? No. This is... <laughs> it's on TV One, which is a black TV network.
0: I didn't know there existed.
2: Yeah. It's called TV One, and Bill Bellamy hosts it. Uh, is Tommy, it a new show? Tom, no. It's done now, I think, too. Tommy from Martin. It, but it airs on marathons on this network. Tommy from Martin is called the Pope of Comedy. He sits in a throne and judges. As three comics come out, and they do the first round, is just their set in front of an audience, and there's three people from the audience picked at random to be the judges, where they give a score from one to five, five being the best, one being the worst. Everyone gets a five, and if you give someone a four, the audience loses their shit. They get very mad at you. That's round one. The comedy has always got awful. <laughs> And then uh, it's unprepared usually. It looks like these guys didn't know they were going to do a TV show that day. And, uh, and then round two they come out and they do some kind of like challenge that you don't know what. So they have a heckler in the audience or somebody comes out like actually like they're a producer and hits you in the face with a pie and you got to keep going. And then they judge you on a score from one to five. And it's just horrible, horrible comedy. But it makes me laugh. Why, I, does, it do, why does that make you laugh? just like because it works i'm amazed by <laughs> i'm very interested and there's actually a science to comedy don't mm. you find that interesting there's like actual science you could just say the right words have you ever seen
0: a comedy hypnotist no never seen one of those guys Mm-mm. dude you got to see a comedy hypnotist if you get a chance or a, a real one i just assume X-rated it's like it's com- fake yeah no no not fake at all There's something that really stupid people are susceptible to that you're not susceptible to there's uh, someone can like say some things to you on stage Snap their finger and some people literally go into a trance sure they they can do it Those people will laugh at anything too. They're dumb as fuck I, I think what the reality of this world is that there's people that are their brains Don't work so good they just don't, and there's not a goddamn thing you can do about it. It's not about education. It's not about how much information you give them. It's not about the environment they're in. They have nine
2: volt brains. No, it's- I know, and like the what's funny is to the audience, the audience has never communally stood up to someone who's like that's hacky. <laughs> like the audience <laughs> never says that. It's always being this judged show. by other comments. It's in general, like when there's a hacky comic on stage, usually he's destroying. It depends on where you're
0: at, right? I mean, if you're in L.A. or New York, those well, guys could
2: be beat and shit. Uh, possibly, but forums like this where comics and people get to talk and like, there's so much inside information out now. I think it kind of weeds through that happening. And now I think the audiences are a little smarter a little, in some circles,
0: but they have to be fans. Like, if you do, you remember like going to see comedy when you first started to, to like go to open mic nights and yeah. see, see guys that you thought were really funny. And then, like a year later, you fucking couldn't even be in the room when they're on stage. Oh, like, oh you I, mean, the I, I mean the people i
2: mean the people I worshipped when I started. I was like, just the way he kills, you know. Like, I got to do a joke where I open up and say, "DJ, put that shit on one more time." Oh, and I got because everyone had to have one of those. I used to get down to underwear on stage. Used to get down to my underwear posing to the two thousand and one theme. Oh God. And then one day, no one laughed. I didn't do it ever again. I went to see this guy when I was
0: in uh, when I was in uh, Boston before I did stand up. I went to see this uh, comedy at uh, Play It Again Sam's. It was like this like movie house that had stand up in the basement. And this guy did these like fake ad libs, and I I knew they were fake while it was happening. I didn't understand comedy, but he pointed to me and he goes, "And this guy's over here saying this," but I didn't say anything. I don't remember what it was, <laughs> but I remember like he's like what. I I couldn't believe that he was pretending that there was some sort of a weird interaction between (laughs) us for the rest of the audience And so I realized that this guy was just bullshitting and his his acts kind of this fake dance And then as I got to know him I kept seeing him over and over and over again He was doing the same thing every time he would he would set this bit up He would point to a guy in the audience and he's like this He would say the same thing like he never he had his fake Ad-libs with the crowd there was no variation. So if you saw him more than once the act was done like the the The, the veil had been lifted. And it
2: doesn't bring any joy to watch like that level of shitty comedy like happen No, it makes me sad <laughs> like that makes me laugh So I, I used to <laughs> any show when it, I just can't believe nothing when you watch somebody they're on television and their first joke is now I know what you guys are thinking <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I had a guy open for me one time on the road where uh, He had a joke I forget what it was even what was it about, but whatever it was the crowd never laughed in the middle of it, and he goes uh so my family used to you know run a funeral home he goes now you guys laugh, but And he goes into his joke, but no one la- no one laughed at that, but every time he goes now you guys laugh, that's- but I never I, that's always funny the, now uh, I know what you're thinking you see me, and I'm like it happens a lot like people like I feel you should never, and a lot of us do, but you should never get on television with your first ever set. You know when you go on yeah. the when you go on the road, and, and me, you know, as a I, when I when I go on the road and someone opens for me, I, I'm generally getting somebody doing their first set. You remember that? Like when every time you go on stage, it was the introduction, like so, my name's Jay, and I blah blah blah. You know, it's like yeah. first day girl comedy. So I'm so and so, and I'm a total slut, and I had sex with my friends, and but it's just like uh, that but that first set makes it on TV a lot now cuz there's so many forums. Yeah, but that's just life. You just got to move on, just deal with it.
0: It's probably not good to have your first set, but if you've been doing stand up for 10 years or whatever it is when you get your first set on TV, 6 years, just fucking accept it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Just accept that it sucks and move on, you know. And you won't know it sucks until you see it. You got to watch it on TV like later in your career when you're better and you go, Ugh.
2: "But I yeah, I'm I'm almost saying I'm surprised that the behind the scenes don't catch up to like like it seems like there's no like uh, they don't take any cues from the actual community of comedy itself. Do you know what I mean? What they're do you like mean? this guy's been doing comedy for five months. Like of course he should be on Letterman. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, the behind
0: the scenes people. No, they're always looking for someone to come along that's a prodigy that figures it out after four months. So weird, but I don't know if they do that person any favors. Well, they definitely don't. They don't give a fuck though. All they care about is what can they sell. Just like the reality show, as I if you've noticed, if you've watched the video, I've moved into a new chair, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I don't know if this one's gonna make it. No. I don't know. I think the but the other thing is better, the no back thing's better. Um but it's the you know they just they're just trying to sell you you know sure it's, if you, they can sell the hook is you only been doing stand for five months they're not going to protect you they're not going to go oh that big J, he's got potential for the future let's not put his five month old comedy <laughs> yeah, yeah. set no they fuck you get on tv who gives a shit sink or swim there's many more people they have to pay attention to they don't oh, give a fuck look
2: i'm sure the fucking what's it the hunger games people are pretty thrilled that J Law snatches out there. That's huge for them. <laughs> Just drew a whole new audience to that show. To that yeah, movie. I don't know how
0: those two are connected, but we're talking about someone being hacked now. <laughs> That's not what I was talking about.
2: I thought you were saying about selling things like the. I'm com- saying the companies that don't care, like the movie companies, oh. don't care that yeah. how she gets like exposed. You know what I mean? It does good, does them a good job. They don't protect her. I'm oh. saying they don't. They don't come out.
0: Well, they would have protected her. I'm sure. They probably wouldn't have let it be released.
2: But it. But it, it's to their benefit now that it is.
0: I kind of guess so. Yeah, totally. it's a, yeah, but it's a different thing. Such a pothead in
2: my mind. I was like, did it have nothing to do with it? I'm like, no. <laughs> there was a connection in my mind. There was something there.
1: I guess. I guess. <laughs> I've never. I've only seen the first one. Now I want to watch more after seeing her naked.
2: Right, which is good for the company. Right. So the movie company, even though it's like they pay her and she's like, you know, she has a relationship with them, they don't give a fuck if. Something to her detriment builds up their movie. Yeah, I could see
0: that, probably. Yeah, probably after it's over, they're like, they probably would have protected her from it getting out, but once it's out, they're like, hey, look, in the long run, we're going to do Brooke. She looks great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I sat around the office, and yeah, it's true. She yeah, looks great. Just, I mean, but the only way you're ever going to get protected as a comic is if you have a manager, and the manager will say, listen, Jay, you know, let's keep hitting the clubs and you know, wait a year. you know, Wait, 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 a, wait a couple of years. We'll just work. Where's you that know? manager at?
2: To, to, to,
0: my, Jeff Sussman. Yeah, my guy. Yeah, I, that's it's hard. You got to develop comedians. Like you got to treat them as like a long term project. You can't like move people into a house before you even put a roof on it. And you can't pretend it's done when it's not done. And when you, you see, a, like, a young guy that's uh, got potential, I mean, everybody that we've ever met, they go through periods. Like, you were talking about your black comedy period. Sure. You know, like, people go through these weird phases where they're trying to find themselves as, I hate to use the word, but artist. Yeah, they're yeah. Trying to find myself <laughs> as an artist, man. And, uh... You know, but the thing is, if you, there's a video of you five months in, and then it's terrible, but there's a way better video two years later. Well, if someone watches both, they go, "Oh, Jay got better." You know, it's just there's nothing wrong. Oh, with uh, yeah.
2: Oh, I did BET's Comic View thrice, three times. <laughs> really? Yeah. So I mean, like, who was hosting? Uh, the first one ever was Lester Barry, who was a uh, black circuit comic. It's very religious.
0: Nice.
2: The second time I did it was R&S J in Miami nice. and the third time. Third time was funny cuz I said by this point I go I'm not doing Comic View ever again. Like I just I've written that one off. I'm not doing it. It's always an awkward situation when I go there too. Why? Cuz I'm the only white guy, the production is white and they put some weird responsibility on me to be like the den mother of the comics.
0: No. So I'd
2: like smoke cigarettes. And I'd go outside, I'm would go i going to go outside and smoke a cigarette. She goes, okay, wait a second. She goes, everyone, Jay's going to smoke. If you want to smoke, go out now with him. And everyone's got to be back in here in 15 minutes. And, and then she ga- try to give me all of their food tickets so I'd be responsible for them. What? It was very bizarre. Just because you're white? Yeah, I, I assume so. Wow. That said, a lot of the black comics would do things like, I'm going to go out and smoke and then go like, you know, fuck a chick for five hours. <laughs> <laughs> try to come back 15 minutes before the show starts. Like, that did happen. Well, what they want you to do, just
0: hang out all day waiting for the show to start?
2: Oh, they put you there at nine in the morning until ni- I went on at midnight. What? Yeah, because they just don't want... They just wrangle everybody because they, they don't believe anyone's going to stay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they Common
2: have no, view, no belief they're going to stay there.
0: They've done entire shows about how hacky they are. Like, they'll do a show where the same joke gets repeated by different comedians.
2: Well, yeah. And, and so I went and did it. Kevin Hart ended up hosting, the, I think, one of the last ever seasons. But it was called One Mic Stand, and, or something like that. I think that's what it's called, One Mic Stand. But it wasn't called Comic View. And Kev called me and asked me if I wanted to do it or if I would do it. And I said, yeah, but I don't want to do Comic View anymore. He goes, it's not Comic View. It's different. They're flying people out now. They're doing it all right and set it up good. And it was uh, when I signed the contract, it's Comic View Presents mm-hmm. One Mic Stand. They gave us a big speech before we taped anything. And the guy was like, we're changing Comic View. It's going to be different. And the guy specifically said, no more stool humping, and DJ hit it, and uh, pulling out fake teeth. And, uh, I mean, we weren't three comics in before a guy was wearing fake teeth and fucking a stool. <laughs> I mean, not even... And, fake and, and, and And by the way, when he's giving this speech to it, these same guys who are getting ready to fuck stools and put in fake teeth... Are doing like, you know, like staring at him, give the speech and like nodding their heads like a like Pacino speech in any given Sunday. <laughs> like, it's like an emotional, powerful speech. How we're changing comic view now. And, and
0: then they went and put the people, fake teeth in And they're and like, the yeah, the let's
2: feet. go out there and show the world something. And then two minutes later, yeah, like, DJ, put that shit back on. You can fuck a bitch with fake teeth to <laughs> this one. <laughs> Those black circuits made for some great, great, what great happened? stories. I had a guy one time, it's a true story. Kev used to host a club in Atlantic City, Kevin Hart, called Sweet Cheeks. Sweet Violent. Cheeks. It was like a pimps and players ball. No bullshit. It was like everyone was wearing like zoot suits and shit and bringing like three chicks a piece and they were all dressed up, fancy, but they'd interrupt dancing to do a, a comedy show uh, in the middle of the fucking night. Like It was like two, three o'clock in the morning. What? Yeah. And I, I was hosting at one time for Kev. You couldn't do it. And they hated me. They absolutely didn't like me at all, and I was going to bring a comic on stage, and I go, uh, I go all right, buddy, I'm going to bring you up next to go, what's your name? And he goes, uh, Ignit Nigga, and I was like, oh, dude, don't make me say that, please, and he's like, that's my name, man, It's my stage name, and I, kept, I begged him to let me call him by his regular name, and I go, it's not going to go good if I say, he goes, it's fine, man, I'll explain, it's my name, you know. He set you up. When he went on stage, he goes, You gonna let that white boy call me a nigga? And just, I left. I just left the show. I wow. drove home. Yeah, that was like, it was a dangerous place, man. The, the, the bouncer outside was a bounty hunter, also. So he would run IDs for everybody that walked in. Like, he'd get five people a night on warrants. Wow. Isn't that crazy? He was a bounty hunter and an ID
0: checker. Yeah. That's like fishing in a fucking swimming pool. <laughs>
2: really? Yeah.
0: That's so not fair. That seems like you know, you're know shooting deer in a stock pond. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. You know what I mean? That just seems really fucked up, especially <laughs> oh, yeah. at a
2: nightclub. Yeah, and it was just like... And a pimps and players nightclub. Yeah, they threw, they threw chicken wings at me one time. Wow. It was, uh, and I think, uh, yeah, I think I was doing that joke where I was getting down to my underwear. Who
0: the fuck (laughs) wants them to do comedy at two o'clock in the morning in a place where they have dancing? They
2: do, I used to do these ski trip shows that were like black ski trips, and black people don't even ski at all. They don't, they'd go, and they'd take a bus thing, they'd go to this hotel, and they'd all just like fuck each other. Everyone would just (laughs) fucking drink, you know, green alcohol. And uh, and then What's they would
0: green alcohol,
2: just like whatever you know, like Tango Rays and something. <laughs> the drinks were always great, like Thug Passion. I so that like that Thug m- Passion mixed drinks. Yeah, and I'd go up there and, and open. For, sometimes I would headline for these like black ski trips, and they just fucking hated it. Like yeah. They had wanted no parts of the comedy show. I never understand why they force comedy into places where it doesn't need to be at all.
0: Well, people make money, you know. I'm sure Kevin Hart got a nice piece of pie. <laughs> Maybe. I mean. Well, he was very young. We were like brand new in comedy. Yeah, but I mean, if somebody offers it, you're you're like, yeah, we could do a show there. Fuck it.
2: Yeah, I mean, the bar shows in New York that's become such a thing. Bar like, shows, the bar shows. Yeah, I don't. And I go to them with this, you know, this expectation. What blows my mind about? It, I think bar shows are a cool thing to have, as far as like open mics, basically little produce shows. You can get people on, but like, I'll hear my friends, you know, or younger comics who I know, and I'll be like, Where are you at tonight? And they go, so and so. I go, Oh, well, do this other thing with me. Like, don't go to that bullshit bar show. And it's like, I've been booked for this for three months. <laughs> like Whoa. Yeah, they call you, it's like you want to do my bar show? It's about twenty bet twenty five people, uh, you know, you get like a drink ticket or half price off drinks and it's on, on Tuesday at, you know, nine PM somewhere in nowhereville, fucking Brooklyn. And then it's like, oh, yeah, I guess I can do it. And it's like, you know, oh, okay, so I'm looking at, like, I have my book open here, like, December. <laughs> it's like May. Like, they really booked these things far out. Is that just because there's so many comics in New York? It is. I think it's a lot of it becomes, like, people just getting their friends on and shit, probably, if I had to guess. Right. Because a lot of these shows have become, like, legit to some degree.
0: Well if it's a good show If it's well run It's very valuable To comedians Sure Like you, you know You go to Wednesday Night Comedy Juice The Improv It's always going to be packed It's a great place To work out material Like that becomes the valuable the though Yeah but you know what I'm saying like, Sure So shows like that Become valuable And then little side gigs Like what is that place You were talking about Three of clubs Is that what is Three it? is Three
1: clubs yeah yeah. But I mean, like all these, we, there's tons of bar shows. But the like, with the old Red Rocks has one now. That's that's like in the corner. But the problem is, is New York is like a billion times more bar shows yeah. than L.A. So like all the local comics in L.A., they'll get that one shitty bar show. But it's like, yeah, it's like a month away when they get booked. Like,
0: how many rooms are there all told in New York? If you had to guess, you live in Manhattan. Yeah. How many rooms do you think? How many stand up rooms are in the in the city? actual
2: clubs? Yeah. We could run through them, really. A Stamp New York comic strip. The uh, cellar. Cellar. Gotham. Gotham. The Stand. Stand. Um, Carolines. Carolines. Then there's a Greenwich Village Comedy Club, New York Comedy Club, Broadway Comedy Club.
0: New York Comedy Club's still around. Yeah. Just Dangerfields. Just
2: bought by a new guy. Dangerfields. So we're at 10. Um, there is a LOL Comedy Club in Times Square.
0: LOL? Yeah. How dare they? And then
2: there's, like, places, there's, like... And then like some rooms too. There every week. (laughs) 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 Times Square, LOL.
0: LOL. Um, Chicks chicks love him, LOL. Um, (laughs) He's a good dude. I'm not fucking with him. Uh, Eleven. We're at eleven. And then there's twelve. And then there's like oh Eastville Comedy Club. Thirteen, I think. Yeah, I mean it's really it's
2: pretty nuts. Like there's
0: yeah. So that's the major clubs. It's real clubs. Did Did we say Gotham? I did say Gotham. Gotham. So that's uh, that's the major clubs. Yeah. And then on top of that, you got how many bar shows, you think?
2: In the city or around the, even the boroughs? Just in stuff? the city. Just in the city. Just in Manhattan? I mean, there's got to be fucking... Ten a night if I had to guess, 10 at, night. at least. At wow, least. that's crazy.
1: It's also like the people that live in New York and go to New York—they're more into like plays and live performances than I think like the West Coast is. Well, if
0: you're a young person or any person who's got free time at night and you're looking for some entertainment, it's one of the best places in the world to go. You can go to the Cellar, you can go to Caroline's. I mean, you can see live comedy in New York every night of the week. You can oh, see yeah. killers. You can see, you know, Attell and CK and all these different people show up at clubs. I mean, it's one of the best places in the world to go out and see live comedy.
2: Oh, New York, yeah, Yeah, fantastic.
0: Like just to go out. I mean, that's what people, if they've never been in New York before, they're like, there's so many restaurants, there's so many this, there's so many that. It's a fucking mad scene.
2: I drove by the Laugh Factory last night out here, and it was like the line was like wrapped around the building. That's because Jamie doesn't let people in. He wants that line to be wrapped
0: around the building. He doesn't just like let sure. people in. He makes you stay outside so to it looks keep like that line out. Oh, really?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. they were are signing up for tomorrow.
0: <laughs> Those a lot of them is like the open mic nights like they have to the open mic nights They make people sit out there from nine o'clock in the morning Whatever the fuck the sign-up time is and they have to wait in line until they get picked and then they go on next week They don't even go on that week. They wait in line all day, and they go on the next week Why exactly? <laughs> we've, been, we've been rallying against this next time. Is I see it just Jay like a, a control thing to, exactly? It's a ridiculous idea that he has that in doing so, he makes the club look more special. Because there's always a big line. It's tough to get in.
2: Why put your thumb on people that could eventually, like, you know, like, say, like, this is my home. This is the club that showed me the love. Like, why? Yeah. I I never got that.
0: that same evil shit that makes producers put someone on a reality show and then try to own everything about them for the next, you know, 10 years or whatever the fuck it is. It's the same thing. It's that greedy thing that people do out here. This weird, creepy fucking behavior where... The people that are coming up are not respected as potential equals. And if they do somehow or another make it through, it's never through their own merit. It's because of the, the good nature and, and your, you know, your generosity that's led them to this position of being a, a, a good uh, showbiz person.
1: I find it weird with any comedy club that doesn't have comics hanging out at it. And like, like it, like they want people to hang out, like com- comedians to hang out. Like that place, the Laugh Factory. That's the one thing that I've always heard is like, no, they don't let you hang out there. There's you one a, you can hang out there. There's a there's club a whole, I mean, upstairs. If, I know. I think, but that's only to like a certain group of like, you know, the big guys. But the the, the the average comic is what they that always tells me that. I
2: did a club on the road one time where there was like young comics hanging out. So I was like, uh, I talked to them for a little while, and I was like, you know, if you guys want to go on, like, you know, you can put you guys on. Like you guys, each one do like seven minutes or something. Go mm-hmm. for it. And they told me and I confirmed with the club that they go, Oh no, the club doesn't do guest spots at all. I'm like at all? I go, I thought it's kinda up to the is it up to like the headliner if he like doesn't care, like is it fine? They go, No, that's just like, their policy, don't do it. I go, oh. and I told when I talked to the manager guy, I was like, Why would you discourage comics from hanging out? It's very like you know what I mean? It doesn't mm-hmm. make it, it's not a friendly environment. Right.
0: Well, Wendy Curtis, you know uh, That's kinda
2: the thing is you work those shitty open mic shows, so eventually maybe they'll give you a shot at like Hosting a weekend, or you know, doing something like that. Guest spots. Do you know
0: Wendy from Comedy Works in Denver?
2: I know who she is. Yeah, yeah. I work
0: with her. She uh, she had a great way of describing it. She goes, "Why would you sell widgets and not have like a widget development team? Like, why wouldn't if you you want to sell other people's widgets, you can make your own in house widgets." Like, if you, what are you doing when you're running a comedy club? You're not developing any local talent? You don't develop any of it? Like, it's one of the things, like, they were moving improvs into town, and she was saying, like, what are you guys going to do for, like, developing local talent? And they're like, nothing. She was like, what? <laughs> like, that's alien. Like, she's developed a bunch of comedians out of that club. And she has, like, a whole system of taking people from MCs to middle acts to headliners. Like, it's it's this really well thought out, really, like, conscientious system of helping these artists
2: you know sometimes and they have their babies though but when people come to new york yeah it's always a it's a coin flip of someone's like what city are you from and you know they, with miami like oh what was your home club like oh the owner there was a piece of shit treated me like an asshole
0: what'd you say about babies some
2: of them are babies no what'd you say did i say babies
0: yeah what i don't know I, I, because you were saying that people complain about the well i said when
2: someone comes to the to like moves to new york from their home club you know, where they started. It's a coin flip whether they're going to say it was like a great experience. Or, you know, they're very supportive of them. They get behind some people, the, the local clubs. And then some, they just like, they, yeah. they're such shitty people to me. But I never understand being shitty to like local well, this, talent.
0: is this crazy people own clubs, you know. Uh, cl- crazy people own dance clubs. Crazy people really own restaurants. It tends to be a,
2: a certain personality type, yeah.
0: You gotta be a hardcore motherfucker to own a bar you know and to own a comedy club and just want to deal with comedians all the time you got to be either someone who loves comedy or an insane person do
2: you get frustrated when uh when people that are around comedy enough even if it doesn't make sense in their life they're like i'm gonna try and they start doing open mics or you like go for it what do you mean do you get like i I know there's club owners in new york even that just fucking start doing comedy after owning the club (laughs) for like three years or like I'm doing it. I'm gonna Why give it not? a
0: shot. Who knows? Maybe they'll be good. They hire know?
2: bookers and the bookers start trying to do com it's like very weird. <laughs>
0: well, Eleanor Eleanor Kerrigan, she was a waitress at the comedy store forever. I knew her as a waitress for more than ten years. Now she's a real professional comic. She started like many, many years in she so, have like, no being around
2: comedy. No thought about doing it ever? Nope. 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 Just got like, a, just got she's a job a one day.
0: Actress. She was an actress. Sure. She did a lot of acting. She was in wrestling. She did some pro wrestling. And uh, then somewhere along the line, she just decided, fuck it, I'm going to go on stage. And she started doing stand-up. Yeah, I mean... I- now she's a pro. She's funny. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, she's smart. So she understands like what's funny and what's not funny. Maybe. She knows what's hack and what's not. So she didn't fall in any pitfalls.
2: Maybe I feel the ego strike, because I feel like when it's done, like, like uh, Kurt Metzger... You know, Kurt? Yeah, you know, sure. Yeah. Kurt's never had a girlfriend that hasn't eventually been like, well, if this shithead can do it, <laughs> I can do it. And, ah! and they've never vocalized that. But in my <sighs> mind, like, if my chick was like, I want to do comedy, I'd be like, what do oh, you think It's like no. looks like, super simple? You think it's like, that easy? You just go, like, you know what, I'm going to do your stupid thing. It looks a lot more fun than my stupid thing.
0: Well, it's also when they're around comics, they see how fun it is, and they see, like, how comics think, and then they start thinking like comics and saying ridiculous shit. Sure. You know, if you're, if you're around a chick, like, long enough, like, she'll start like seeing how you pick things apart and make jokes like if you're around someone who's really funny at work, you know, and this, like, I used to have this boss who was a, um, a private investigator. Dude was hilarious. He was just instantly hilarious. Just would find things that were goofy about people and right. start, re- and you would just howl with this guy. And I I learned a lot, like, being around him, I started doing that, too. Like, you start, like, seeing how he would find these patterns. Like, he was very predatory. Like, the sure. patterns that we'd find that were fucked up in people and just attack those patterns. And it's, like, teaching, you pick it up in relationships, people pick it up in friendships, so I, you know, Kurt is a funny dude. I get these chicks were probably around him. they were like, you know what? I can fucking do this. Yeah, I see what's going on here. I, I guess it means
2: like, you can make it look effortless, maybe, but like sort of, who knows? but also
0: fun. You know, I mean, if you it's were definitely fun, sure, not enjoying your life and you know, not enjoying your job. But you saw a guy like you having the fucking time of his life, cracking jokes, making shit. You're like, god damn it, I think I could do that. He looks, so, he looks way better than a regular job. If you're a person that has a regular job. And then someone like Big J comes along and you're hanging out with him and you're watching how he does it. You're like, this fucking guy's barely working here. Sure. He's just laughing about shit and writing it down and then figuring out a way to say it on stage in a funny way. Fuck selling insurance.
2: How many people did you grow up with um, before comedy that genuinely are happy for you? Like, really feel it? What do you mean? Like, do you have like friends from before comedy still? Yeah, like, friends, yeah, yeah. And are they friends. like that are like genuinely happy for your success and like dig what you do? It's like if they, if I have one friend from like growing up that I'm still friends with, and it's because he's the only one of my friends that is doing what he wanted to do also. Like, you have to have that, that self-security before you can like really cheer. I go back to Philly constantly, barely. any. I mean, I, I hung out with a lot of people on it growing up. Mm-hmm. No one comes out. No one gives a shit. Really? Yeah. None of, them, none of them give a shit none at all. None of them come to your shows, you mean? Once in a while, one of them will pop up, but a lot of times they'll say they're coming and they don't show up. I mean, I stopped giving a shit years ago. I realized it all at one time because a bunch of them did come out once. And afterwards, they were like, good job, man. So we're all going over. It's like dollar beer night at the so-and-so. You want to hang? I'm like, well, uh, hang here for a few minutes. Catch up and whatever. They go, the place kind of closes in like an hour. And you're like, all right, bye, fuck faces." I guess. Like, So what did you want them to like spend more time? I didn't even dote over me, but I haven't seen these people in a while. Right. And I was genuinely curious about what's going on with them. But you didn't want to go to their spot. But I just also they were very dismissive of the whole thing. You know, I know. like thanks, dude, P- pretty good job. It so, just seemed it seemed very like if they would have been like, wow, dude, this is a pretty extraordinary thing you're doing. At any point, I'm not saying they had to say those words, but if they showed that at all, it makes them have to face the fact that like, you know, he said he was going to be a pilot, but he's working at a fucking gas station.
0: Do you attribute it to jealousy, or do you just disinterest, or what do you attribute this to?
2: It might be a little bit of both who, who knows, but I right. know when I first started doing it again, like you said The way you did taekwondo. It's a heavy commitment Especially because I started going after the first year of just doing it in Philly Keith Robinson grabbed me Kurt Metzger and Kevin Hart and started taking us up to New York And when I did that I started not being able to do all the bullshit with my friends that we were doing I wasn't part of like dollar beer night anymore. You know, what I mean
0: uh-huh.
2: or any of that shit So like, they feel
0: like you kind of so, left them
2: and but when I would come back and be like, "Hey guys, like I'm doing this cool thing, like come check this out," they were just very like, "Eh, I don't care," you know. And it's like, "Oh no, I'm gonna go do this this neat show in Atlantic City." whatever well, isn't
0: that the case always when life, when you're growing up, there's certain people that you grow up with because they went to school with you and they were your friends. And some folks evolve and develop and change and grow, and some people stagnate and actually develop problems for themselves to distract themselves, like. I grew up with some kids that were really good friends, and then uh, they became like one of them became a pillhead. Like he's gone. Like I don't right. talk to him anymore. If he called me, I wouldn't call him back. You know, he could probably get a hold of me, but am hes too fucked up. He's too fucked up. I know his family. I know all the disasters he's been through. Just, I'm not interested in communicating. So there's going to be people like that in your life. Have you had circumstantial
2: get... friendships in comedy? Do you know what I mean? Like that, just like for you, like you hung with someone for a little while, and then you're like, mm, I guess it really like De Rosa did. He lived with me for a while. Mm-hmm. When he first moved to New York, when he moved out and we were tight, we were together every day, you know, like we drove in together to the city and from Queens and hung out all the time. And I'd still describe me and Joe as like friends, like he's my buddy for sure. But I mean, I'm probably the 30th person he would call if he had good news in his life. Do You know what I mean? Right. I would probably hear third hand first. And we have no beef at all. And when I see him, we love to catch up and bullshit and have a good time. But over- you know what I'm saying? Like it just so turns out
0: the issue. Just you need more from him.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying I need more from him. I need him to call me, too. <laughs> I think he's I think he's angry at my racism's also
0: Oh that Anthony kumia thing the other day was just so ridiculous. He did our show and uh, heard, yeah, on the course, show he went on this long thing that was Very jilted loverish in a lot of ways about kumia not calling I'm like, why don't you just call him because I mean And also recognize that the guy's busy. No, he defended all these other people, but he didn't defend me I'm like, oh come on man, because like, he didn't like Talk about you online like you're you're upset at him. And then there was this uh, Accusations of racism that they also didn't discuss. You know, it's like it was it it was so All of it could have been handled better. Did you watch him
1: go on the Anthony show? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I listened to it Mm -hmm. I mean Look how that end it should he should have never he should have never just written him off if a guy's your friend and he's involved in some sort of a public crisis like Anthony was You know, first of all, you have to recognize there's a tremendous amount of stress involved in any sort of physical altercation. So don't expect people to behave rationally after someone punched them. That's one. And then two, don't expect people to behave rationally after, like, gigantic groups of people start... Calling you, uh, you know, a, a racist and saying, you know, you're what you're doing by writing all this stuff is like essentially a hate crime. You, know, you get fired from your job. People rally for you to get fired from your job. Other people rally for you to get rehired. They want other people to boycott the show and cancel SiriusXM because of that. There was a lot of stress going on. The idea that he's ignoring Joe DeRosa's yeah, Joe- <laughs> tweets like... Fuck, man! Like, what he, what, did, what version of the the thing did you see? Yeah, Joe you saw made this a super bit about selfish. Him. Sure. Yeah, and I love Joe. He's a great guy. absolutely. Oh, but yeah, it's just absolutely. like that's what makes Joe a really funny comic is that he obsesses on things, yeah. he thinks about things until he finds out what's really funny about them, and then he figures out a way to do it on stage, and figures out a way to cut it down to like a really funny joke. He's a great comic. Sure. And th- that same sort of curiosity sensibility obsession all those the combination of things mixed together in a stew you know sometimes they could fuck with your personal life you know and i think that's probably what what happened there you know that if if it was a more rational circumstance for anthony more rational response by joe i think they could have had a conversation about it and worked it through and i think they did kind of i just show. don't
2: understand how joe in any way shape or form had a feeling where it was like this effect to him in mm-hmm. some way i don't know how people i mean think, i had I, I had a, i got tweets that were like uh you know, cancel Sirius XM stand by Ant. and yeah. I just, uh, you know, I just didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, and not that I don't. St- I, I, I did, uh, I did uh, Anthony Kumi's podcast after that and talked. To him. I, I, I am, I understand why he did what he did. I think he shouldn't have done it the way he did it. I think there's a better way to handle it. I think uh, he does too, though. Of course he does. But I'm saying, but I just think like I don't know. But it was just, I, I agree that Sirius fired him. I wish he didn't get fired. I, mean, I don't. Yeah. I wouldn't have done it myself, but. I'm not blowing it. When they said he's fired, I wasn't like, wait, what? Like I completely yeah. understand that they fired him. The shit that'll, that'll rain down on them, it wasn't worth it to them So they fired him.
0: Yeah, I understand it's it business too business call. It is kind of a business call But it's also a business call to not do it Like you have to decide like what, what what Helps your business. Giving that guy An opportunity to express himself on the show Would have generated a tremendous amount of ratings You know. Absolutely. And I think If he'd done it eloquently, which I'm sure He would have, there would have been a tremendous Amount of support for keeping him on the show I think that his His argument and his assertion about the black community has always been there's a violence problem in the black community. It's not that he's racist against all black people. What his point has always been is that there's a lot of folks that are not willing to concede that there's a violence issue. And he thinks there is an issue. You know where he and I—I don't know what his take on the social ramifications or the reasons for this racial issue or this violence issue in the black community. You know, I think it's an economic thing, and what I've always pointed to is the gypsies, the gypsies in uh, in England and Ireland, you Mm -hmm. know, who are constantly getting involved in crime and fighting and bare knuckle fights, wild motherfuckers, and they're white. You know, it's the those type of people. Um, people that live in these economically challenging situations where there's a lot of bad people around them and a lot of crime and violence, that's the atmosphere you you, you live in. That's the soup you fucking were born into. And this shit's hard to deal with for everybody. And I think that what, what he did is also... The, it's a function of that form of media, like doing things in 140 characters. You can't express yourself very good in 140 characters. And if you take... Even if you take something from something you said in this podcast and put it in 140 characters in quotes and put it on a tweet, it can make it look like a real piece of shit.
2: You know? Well, but what he did really was like he just tweeted out what he should have just said while he you know exactly punched a piece of plywood. Or like, no, he should have said it on the radio. No, he no, absolutely. Said- but but, that by, but by then he could have gotten a way to say it. He yeah. said it eloquently, "I'm talking about in that moment of fury, you need to call a friend." Who's going to go, I know, dude, right? I know you're so right. And then 15 minutes later, when you calm down, you go, of course, I don't hate every black person. It's like he he vented, and I said, and and he's such a guy who's used to preaching to the choir, and he forgot that there's like regular people behind that choir. Well, They're no, gonna be like wait what? That, waiting the, to hear catch catch something like It's
0: that. way easier to take your tweet and retweet it than it is to say hey You got to listen to Anthony on Sirius XM this morning when he was going off about how there's a Violence problem in the black community and mm-hmm. all the crazy shit that he screamed and yelled about that's one thing But to someone to just take those tweets and retweet them or take them and cut and paste them and put them in a blog Completely outside of the context of who you are, what, what your style of communicating with has always been on the show. The style of communicating on the show has always been him screaming. Sure. I mean, he's always done that. So when he does that in a Twitter form, it's par for the course. I mean, that's what he does. It's just when he does it on the radio... The people that are going to be upset at that, they would have to listen to the whole thing to get to that. They would have to listen to that chunk. Someone would have to alert them to it. They would have to like pl- listen to it all play out. All they have to do is just hear it, see it, retweet it. See it, retweet it. See it on a blog and then a bunch of fucking outrage attached to it and all these accusations. Now, that. But
2: what do you do at that point? I mean, on, in your opinion, do you come out in high defense of yourself or do you just go sit back and go, look, my... His resume kind of speaks for itself like you could just look at his body of work and know it's like he's clearly not a Outwardly racist. I mean like that well a lot of people a a lot lot of close people to his world are like a lot of people
0: Disagree with you there a lot of people disagree with you. That's a fact a lot of people will take a lot of the things that He said on you know the radio show cut him out of context and put it up and say that these are more pieces of evidence that he's racist. I don't think he's racist. I think he's frustrated. I think that he, like a lot of people that have been involved in these type of scenarios, you only see the persons attacking you and you only see the group that they're they're attached to. And if I lived in New York and I had to deal with uh, a lot of bullshit on a regular basis, I don't know how much bullshit he deals with, but it, whether it was bullshit coming from Irish people or it's bullshit coming from, you know, it, 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 Asian people that are fucked with me all the time. I mean if you're living in a group where there's a a certain number of people from x community that are causing a lot of crimes, you're always going to have some frustration. You're going to always going to be upset about that. I don't know where his head's at. I don't I've never had like long like uncensored conversations with him about this. I've talked to him on the radio and I love talking to him. So I, I if I had a guess, I would say no, I don't think he's racist. I think he's just not scared of speaking his mind about very controversial issues that can very easily come across as racism when he is describing things like very real statistics, like crime statistics. Like, they're undeniable. I mean, if you look at crime statistics and the amount of uh, young African-American men that are in jail, Mm -hmm. it's fucking bananas. It's bananas representative of the population as a whole, like this small amount of people that are black and then the, the large amount of black guys that are in jail. You would go, okay, well, is that evidence of racism? That that's why they're being prosecuted or is it evidence that they're committing far more crimes? Is it a combination of both? Is it a lack of social awareness that has allowed these inner cities to get completely out of hand and these impoverished neighborhoods the, yeah I think that
2: but all the fury is just gonna be that he was like, you know, some black bitch basically, you know Just to just be so dismissive. That's no one's caring about the statistics. He's throwing out. They're only focusing but my, my point is you can get those facts out if It had been a bunch of Irish people and he was like, you know this This Mick Ginger fuck just punched me, you know, cunt just punched me in the face. Because he's white, he could do it. He he, he could do it, but, but then his tweets would resonate more. It wouldn't make any kind of news, but at least it would resonate more if he had some kind of facts and figures to support... You know, Mick whatever the ginger uh, the, uh, fucks yeah, the Ginger people. fuck violence problem.
1: <laughs> Joe, don't you find it interesting though that after all this recent shit about him being racist, that he doesn't just kind of back off and just for like a year talk about cupcakes no. or something like Why that? Why would that he? That he's actually pushing it almost to the point of like, fr- like he's <laughs> he really a white proving, national, well, white he's, national well, yeah, thing. like he's really proving freedom of speech and 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 everything. Like, like he's almost trying to make a point about you know. <laughs> well, what
0: do you? What are the examples you're talking about?
1: Well, like, you know, after all this thing of, of him being racist on Twitter, then he started going off on Ferguson, you know, and mm-hmm. the, all, all the Ferguson stuff. And then
0: But he, what did he ex- you see when you talk about things like that? Like, do you know specifically what he said about Ferguson? You I mean, know, pull, I could put have that memory. What we know is about what Joe DeRosa talked about the other day, but he didn't cite any specifics either. So I don't know what Anthony said about Ferguson. If I knew, then I can comment on it specifically. Well, I mean, I've been, I, I, mean know, I follow
1: him on Twitter, and he, he's still doing you know, silly things. that. What do you think about
2: Ferguson?
0: Yeah, you got to give okay, examples. I'll just, to I'll just make start sense. pulling stuff up, but
1: okay. I, I didn't, I if I didn't I'll agree really with want him. to go that deep into that point. <laughs> what I'm saying is, you can go on his Twitter and see what I'm what I'm talking about. He doesn't back but off. I, well, he doesn't th- have. Th- to yeah, yet. he, does, he d- doesn't back off for a reason. It seems like I think most people, if you got that much, like you lost your job, you, you got in trouble on Twitter about a certain subject, then I'm like, all right, I'm not going to talk about pie for a while. Definitely, but because no, because he, because he's he immediately got his new show.
2: Yeah, and he immediately made like a chunk of money you know it's like a netflix subscription type thing yeah. so he immediately made like a gang of money off that i assume so i don't like- know
0: i don't know how well he's doing but i i hope he does well i i thought that it would be probably smarter if he did it through subscription that way more or through um oh, uh, subscription th- through advertisers, because if you do yeah. it through advertisers, that way, you know, he's going to get a large number of people that are going to listen to it, because if it's free, you know, like, but he's kind of, like, hamstringing himself by making a subscription service. But I think it's tough, yeah, know?
2: to make it cost money is, like, you're definitely cutting people mm-hmm. out of it, but, yeah. but I think there'll be an initial thing, but you have to, like, get people to catch, you know, latch just, on board. It's really hard to, to get people to pay for shit on the internet in these
0: this day and age. Well, I mean, so Howard much Stern, awesome stuff Howard free. Stern
2: gives you, like, you know, I mean, you basically are paying for Sirius for, like, that or O&A, and you can't argue that like Stern Channel though gives you like tons of energy you know, for what you're paying, like he gives you a lot of different stuff. It's like him all day and other shows and and yeah. his old content and just like fun productions and stuff.
0: Yeah, but that's not online, that's on Sirius.
2: It's like if you subscribe to Sirius. Is that what you're saying? But you can get that online, too. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying, but I'm talking about for making people pay for something. But he, but he did 20 some years of giving it for free, so now you can get I'm people confused. to pay for it.
0: Are you, but are you, we're talking about two different things. We're talking about satellite radio, or we're talking about internet subscription. Does he have an internet subscription thing? Well, it's the same goes? thing.
2: I mean, it is. Like, you could watch it online, Stern's thing. Well, sort
0: of, but it's satellite radio. You're working for a company. I mean, it's not like what Anthony's doing. Anthony's doing a an completely independent internet subscription thing. I was confused. I oh, thought, I'm saying, like, but now but I'm Howard saying, but, but, but like Howard that. went from
2: being for free to ask for for basically cost money to listen to him if you want to. I'm saying Opie going from like you know he mm, did years right. of free and then years of he was they, you know he, he wasn't a specific charge for Sirius XM, I mean, Anthony. even though he was yeah he wasn't. But now he's asking for a Netflix amount of money. For one show, mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. There's no variety. There's no like. Uh, he's not really giving you anything besides. Well, it's that, very that different. Two hour show. It's
0: very different because first of all, Sirius is in so many cars when you buy it. Sure. When yeah. you buy it, you get a 90 day subscription, and it, it plays, and you get to listen to. Stern you get addicted to it and listen to all the different music channels you get addicted to it, but you're paying for satellite radio You're not paying for a specific show on the internet the, There's a complete total difference in what you're getting like the to get something on the internet is what I'm saying It's very difficult to pay for get people to pay for something that's on the internet It's not difficult to get people to subscribe to satellite radio Especially because satellite radios in their car
2: but zillions of people are like Netflix and that's all internet based yeah, people yeah do. People but, have, but Netflix gives you Thousands of options. That's the point I'm making. It's, well, it's hard to get people to pay for like one two hour show a day, four yeah, well, days Netflix
0: a week. is movies and television shows. I mean, if you're paying for Netflix, you're paying for something that you could watch on television. I mean, I guess you could watch Anthony's show on TV, but that's not how most people are probably watching it. I bet the majority of the people that listen Iphones, to a show sure. are getting it. Yeah, they're getting it on like as a as an audio thing that they listen to in the subway or something or in their car that's what most people do with these things. It's just tar- it's hard to get people to pay for shit online, you know? I mean, people are trying to do it like Drive Plus is uh, B- Drive is a uh, YouTube channel that I really love. It's uh, it's all about various sports cars and the inner workings of them and they do all these really cool in-depth pieces. They just changed their format, and it, it became Drive Plus and they made people subscribe to it and the very video they did it to the first one was one that i was a part of this uh, shark company that makes these cars and uh the comments were just filled with pissed off people people right. were so fucking mad i mean they were so mad that all of a sudden they were gonna be forced to have to pay i forget what the amount a month is i don't think it was a lot like five bucks or something i don't remember though and uh people the entire comments for the video was all about people being angry that they had to pay for it
2: I wonder what Hulu's thing was with their, their fall off or whatever when they went from, hey, have it all for free to like, now we charge you. Yeah, I don't know. I bet they lost a lot of people. I mean, that's just what happens.
0: People don't want to pay for shit. But Netflix is so good. There's so much stuff. And they have their own independent programming, like that House of Cards show. Yeah. and They're, they're doing, uh, Chelsea Handler's going to do a show on it. Like, they're they're actually becoming like a network. So if you pay X amount a month for it, The amount of content that they have access to is fucking incredible.
2: I like that plan, too. They just release the season Mm -hmm. as a whole right away. Yeah. That really does make for, like... Well, there's also some weird shit that goes on with
0: them with like cable uh, internet providers and different internet providers. Like now they're going to have to pay more because they use up more like they have to cut deals. Otherwise, they throttle back Netflix users. There's a lot of like weird shady shit when it comes to like bandwidth and how much bandwidth is worth and how much bandwidth gets soaked up by different applications. (laughs)
2: What shitty Ben Affleck, Justin Timberlake movie are you going to make about that? (laughs) Guys fighting for bandwidth. the
0: Behind the scenes wars. (laughs) Bandwidth wars. (laughs) Yeah. It's tricky, man. If you're trying to sell shit online, unless you're a Netflix. Like if HBO became an online thing only. Even with all their awesome shows that they have, that would be tough. Although, that
2: said... The hipsters have dominated that world, and a lot of them don't do cable at all, and just get like a subscription to HBO Go, and Showtime.com, and all that stuff, and they watch all their shit like that. Well,
0: it's, there's a lot of people that do it through Hulu. iTunes. Yeah, you do yeah. like Apple. You know, you get an Apple TV thing, and yeah, you get and I get a subscription. Yeah.
2: to All those things. It's you know, it could probably cost you somewhere of like fifty bucks a month, and you could you pretty much have access to everything like the next day. Pretty close. I mean, there's a
0: lot of shit you could get. I mean, I use. Uh iTunes for uh, I use the Apple TV to watch that show the strain Mm -hmm. and I tried watching it on regular TV. Oh my god The fucking commercials make you hemorrhage. You can't believe how often the fucking commercials come on It's like a couple minutes in bam. There's another commercial and then a couple minutes after that bam There's another commercial like oh my god like they just assault you with commercials.
2: I keep cable direct TV for a few one the football package is huge, but Two, there's also something that makes me feel like an adult having, <laughs> having, like cable. having cable. Do you know Maybe what I mean? Like you're supposed shit. to have cable. I don't know why, but it really does. It may, Just like a, I, had a, I stopped now, but for a long time, well beyond needing one, I always had a house phone, like a <laughs> landline. So I was like, you're supposed to have a landline, just in case. But it's just gone all, I yeah. bought into the cell phone now. After a while. Well, it's also like you don't
0: ever want to have something that you can't just turn off. Yeah. The beautiful thing about a cell phone is just shut that bitch off and nobody can get Put in it touch away. With you. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. Like those, uh, a lot of people do that Netflix thing now where they don't have cable; they just have Netflix and they just use like their computer for shit and right. then hook up one of those. Uh,
1: I do it right now. I just went, and it's great because you could just target what you want instead of listening to background noise, pretty much.
0: Yeah, it's probably smart. Keep you from watching as much stuff too. You know, you're not just flipping through the channels. And then you watch, you know, sometimes there's a search process. They're like, what do I want to see here? And you go on. And sometimes it'll take a half an hour just looking for a good movie to watch. Like, it's just wasted half hour here.
2: But, like, having cable, like, I'll never seek out the movie Breakin' ever again. <laughs> But I'll watch the last 45 minutes of it three times a week if it pops on.
0: Yeah, if I'm flipping through the channels and Roadhouse comes on, it's like 2 o'clock in the you're morning. You're not going to stop watching Roadhouse. Somewhere. I'm going to watch that shit. It's like a gift of the universe. If you're like alone in a hotel room flipping through the channels and Roadhouse comes on you're on the <laughs> yeah. road, you'll start laughing. you got to watch
2: it. You owe yeah. it to the Jeff
0: Healy band. To do it. I want you to be nice till it's time to not be nice.
2: How I know when that is. <laughs> I will tell you. My mom used to come home from work in the middle of the night and feed my little brother, and we we didn't have cable, and we had a VCR and we had Roadhouse, and she would watch Roadhouse every night. My mother oh knows my every god. line to Roadhouse. That's ridiculous. Yeah. It was a VHS. Miho. <laughs> yeah, VHS. Oh my god. I had that and hard to kill on the same tape, and we watched it constantly.
0: You know what's amazing? If you go back in time to when those uh, video stores were out, like uh, lo- the local video stores, like every community had a, like, a local video store, like a mom-and-pop video sure. store. Sure. And then the Blockbuster came in, and fucking, oh, my God, Blockbuster's going to shut down all these mom-and-pop video stores. In a lot of ways, they did, except Blockbuster didn't have porn. That's what kept them alive, so right? So if you wanted to get the porn, you'd have to go to the mom-and-pop video stores. We had a, If you came back to that day when those things were all, like, everywhere, and you said... Within a couple decades, these won't even exist anymore. They're going to be gone. You're going to get everything out of the air. People will be like, What? Yeah, you're just going to press a button on a machine and you're going to get it out of the air. Specifically for porn, what
2: you had to go through, too. Like, our franchise in Philly, we had a place called West Coast Video. And you you know that at all? And there's the red boxes. Everything was like in a red box. There was no, like, (laughs) the covers were up on the wall. Yeah. But you got a red box. And the beauty of that was, I would try to just, like, find. Like, my mom and step-pop would rent porno movies when I was younger, I guess, for them, for themselves. And I would, they'd leave it in the VCR. We only had one VCR, so they, I guess they'd watch it when I'd stay at my grandma's, and I'd come and I'd see the title of it. And I would they'd always find titles that weren't very porn-sounding. And then I would go, I'd stay at my grandma's the next night, and I would tell her, like, hey, if I reserve movies, go pick them up, and I would reserve... <laughs> I'd send my little grandmom in to go pick up porn movies for me. And she oh, no my idea. God. She'd be like, you want me to make popcorn, and we'll watch it together? I'm like, oh, I'm going to probably watch it later. <laughs> Did she ever call you on it? No, but one time I never returned one, and they ended up calling. And, oh, you like, tried to keep it. it I just tried good. to keep it. It was a terrible It wasn't even a porn. It was one <laughs> I rented. It was like a like a Skinamax-y type thing. I had a friend that if uh, the videos were really good,
0: he would not bring them back. It was, uh, he was like, I'll take the penalty. I need to keep this one.
2: Porns? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I had a guy take me uh, to court for that, for not returning. Really? And then eventually, like, the only reason I got off the hook eventually is that it was a mom-and-pop place and it went under. It's called Wow Video.
0: There was a mom-and-pop place when uh, I used to hang out at this pool hall in White Plains, New York. And there was a mom-and-pop place across the street that they found out had Tracy Lord videos that were illegal wow and uh the guys at the pool hall found out about it and so they took them all and they uh they pay the penalty on all of them <laughs> they just they're like they're like these are valuable because she's underage and i'm like bro that shit's illegal <laughs> yeah. like what the fuck you doing she means she looked like she was of age she had large breastuses and she was you know she looked oh yeah like she was enjoying it sexually She had those big banana tits too. yeah they were weird tits but um beautiful girl but anyway she was fucking like 17 years old or 16 years old at the time when they were when she was making these big it's muff like these that's guys found out off. about it yeah well the whole deal she was a woman yeah I mean she looked like a woman she's obviously a little girl but if you looked at her like what is that you would say well that's a naked woman yeah you know no no she's 16 you piece of shit what the fuck how do yeah I, how would I know you showed me her n- naked do you watch the, documentaries I know? like
2: her boyfriends were like in their mid-20s early 30s and shit like none of them had any idea. You mean the guys on the show or actual boyfriends? She had she, her boyfriend. The was show. A, a, a porn show. <laughs> I'm calling the, <laughs> the, porn, the porn video the show. The guy on the show? What she, she dated wow. porn stars for a while. Oh, she dated them. I think that guy Tom Byron? Uh-huh. Remember, remember when there only like four dude porn stars? Yeah, there like Peter North, Tom He's Byron. He's always the first one because he shot the biggest loads. Isn't it weirdly gay that that's the reason?
0: It's gayer that he did <laughs> gay porn. Did he, he did, before that? Yeah, he did gay porn.
2: Oh, wasting those big loads on dude butts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know about wasting them. He seemed seem <laughs> to be enjoying it. And this is pre-Viagra, so he, he was really getting hard for gay
2: guys. He stayed in there, like, he stayed in the game a really long time simply because of those loads. They were ridiculous. The fact that I know what you're talking about,
0: like, if you brought it up about any other performer, you'd be like, I'm calling him a performer.
2: Anyway. What, do you, what do you call
0: them? What do you call a guy? This who artist, fucks chicks, adult artist, Peter North, This powerhouse. What's
2: well, what everybody? Powerhouse. Everybody knew. Those were the things you knew. Ron Jeremy can count down from ten and, and come, and Peter North shoots fucking face-covering loads. What do you mean everybody
0: knows that? I didn't fucking I didn't know, know that. that.
2: You guys didn't know that? <laughs> How you guys you know never hooked up Ron Jeremy? How do you know that? <laughs> All his porns is what he would do. He'd really? start counting down from ten, or he has the girl count down, and then when she says one, he pulls out and blows a load on. No her. kidding. Really? Yeah.
0: I had no idea. I had no idea about
2: that either. Yeah, that's a weird thing to oh, know. So, why don't you guys take a little time How to get to know have the hedgehog. You watch it. How many
0: porns have you watched?
2: <laughs> oh, was tons. Yeah. I had a nice stack collection. collection. Yeah, and Back all the tapes the were the tapes were red. They were always like shitty colors too. Red videotapes?
0: Yeah, right? The cheapest fucking stuff they could outside. I had a friend.
2: Oh, I had a friend who had two VCRs, this black dude named Frank. He would just make compilation of like his favorite like Come They shots. were great they were great to borrow. No, because whatever it was, it was like fat ass white bitches, and then it'd just be like, oh. So he was like the first compilation guy, <laughs> yeah. Because right? they have compilations now that you can way get before the internet. But I think if I was a, I'd have a severe problem if I grew up with like the internet. It was good that I was a, that I had to like really work to get my porn. You'd because have a
0: severe I, problem if you had instant access. Absolutely, and I, I think and a lot I'd of people do. So young.
2: I think a lot of people do have a problem, and I think it's as someone who has a daughter, I I fucking hate that. You know, facial cum shots is part of the common day. You know what I mean? Like, that's what you do right out of the gate sexually. Anal sex, now. too. Anal right sex out of the is gate a, a sexually. Big issue. No yeah. one, a girl's like, I'm, and I said, I'm not going back that. Well, I'm 36 years old, but I do remember in school, like, the girls who fucked, it was kind of quiet. Uh, and the ones who everybody knew fucked, were kinda, they were kind of shitty to them. They kind of got like, you know, like, oh, she's a slut, which was just all the guys wishing they were fucking, you know, Wishing they were fucking her, but still, like vilify. You know, I think I think the internet's just like made that completely like sixteen-year-old girls talking about who sucks dick better. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. Is that really what's going on? Are you there when this is happening? Or Are you just uh, g- hearing rumors? No,
2: it's happening. <laughs> no, no, no. Cause I'm I've, sure I have uh, siblings who are very younger than me because I have a stepfather. Mm-hmm. So I have a sister who's still in high school. Oh, so I mean, like she's, you know, so hopefully, the best of my knowledge, not doing this stuff. But they were doing a thing a few years ago. Where the uh, the mm-hmm. kids would wear the colors. You snap off the color. That means like you know, finger your asshole in the locker room, and then you go do it. And the girls would always be like, "Ugh, so unfair!" And then, like walk with. And you. they would just go do it. Cause just it was go do like, it. Yeah, it was the rule a bracelet rule that they <laughs> Could were you doing? Imagine if, if that was going on I was. I don't know. I would never be a comic. That's for sure. I would have gotten nothing done.
0: Do you really believe that though?
2: Yeah. Nah. You would eventually become a comic. You would just get bored of it. Maybe. Eventually. Maybe. But I mean, I even now, I had one point. I lived with a guy who worked for the cable company, so we got unblocked, just a shitty Playboy channel. Like how benign the Playboy channel is. Right. And if I was playing uh, Madden on the loading screens on PlayStation 2, I would constantly flip back, like... Back and forth to the Playboy just channel? Just to see whatever it was, because there'd be a girl with her pussy out, and that would just, for some reason, I'd be like, I'm gonna watch that for a minute, and then well, go back to the loading they, screen.
0: They Remember when they had fake porn? The, like, Emmanuel series on, like, uh, Showtime? Yeah. You'd watch these weird movies. It was like... Kind of, it wasn't, it was romance that wasn't designed for women. It was like romance that was designed for like couples or men to watch. So it eventually got to people having sex, but all you really saw was like, you saw breasts and you saw the man like fake humping the girl. But you know, you saw no penetration. But you could tell like their organs were mispl- like their sexual organs were not lined up correctly. Oh, she's like
2: blowing him, but she's like headbutting him in the like the chest. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: And if he was banging her, like Z- where's her pussy? It's sitting there, belly button. It's weird. It's some strange place. None of it made any sense, you know. And but they were, you know, they would like fake moan, uh uh and they were always on late at night. They still
2: yeah. have that
1: crap, man. Do they? Yeah.
2: I couldn't jerk off that now if I tried for a long there's no way I'm too far <laughs> gone. Yeah, you can't go back. But you could
0: if you were like trapped though. Like you if could. you were like in the Amazon jungle for like 6 months and then all of a sudden you got to a hotel room like oh my god, TV and you flip through the channels and Carry on, Emmanuel was on, and it was like a little shitty filter because those the, the ca- cameras they used back then were dog shit. So it was like there was no HD. It was yeah. like really low resolution and kind of fuzzy. And
2: oh, I used to be able to jerk off to like the girls gone wild, like promo video on like E! Channel at night. But I mean, it's just like it's just <laughs> such a thing of the past. I couldn't even. Everyone was like, oh, How could you do that? Why you couldn't get so excited to the uh, the fapping thing, all the celebrity nudes that came out, is because. Still images. I can't jerk off the still images anymore.
0: Yeah, and the only thing that's hot about it... Well, they're, they're hot, but it's just that they're famous.
2: Like, and you know them from something else. That's yeah, that's a, a big weird thing. thing
0: about porn stars. It's like... It, it, you, people used to have this idea, at least, that the really beautiful women weren't porn stars. The really beautiful women were like Cindy Crawford or, you know, whoever. Fill in the blank. Farrah Fawcett. Those are the really beautiful ones. And the porn stars were really a couple notches behind. But there's porn stars today... That are fucking tens. They're yeah. unbelievably beautiful. Like you look at them, you're like, that girl could be Lindsay Lohan. She could be a supermodel. She could be anything, and she's just getting plowed. Yeah, slanging that good dick. You know what I'm talking about?
2: But that's. But like they've also like removed like the uh, excitement of that. That's so out there. Like there's still something more exciting. If you saw a girl that was hot at the gas station, and somehow you were able to see her. 10 minutes later like do something where you open the door by accident she was naked that's way more exciting Do you know what I mean I guess because because it's you're seeing them It's from a different context like a porn star You know you're gonna see if that same porn star happened to be the star of a sitcom And you saw her naked that would make that so much more exciting but the fact that she's you know her from sucking dick like seeing her pussy isn't that exciting
0: I get it. I see what you're saying. Yeah, unless you weren't being inundated with porn See, if, you, if you're if you being inundated with porn, I think that's the real issue, is you get numb to the porn. And then the, the, what the real excitement is, like, oh, I'm not supposed to be seeing this porn, so it makes it exciting.
2: My favorite kind is the, the getting, home
0: video shit. If you weren't getting inundated with porn, and then you saw some porn, some naked sex, oh, yeah. you'd be like, whoa, this is great. You'd get excited. Oh, it's yeah. it's a numbness thing. That's what it is, yeah. Well, you yeah. also
2: get, like, uh, I think I also used to be able to jerk off and fucking... Three minutes. Now it's like a pro, it's a whole process because you're like, I could find a better video. It's like a challenge to yourself. And then the head shake you make at yourself when you're just jerking off to that third one you found, like 40 minutes later, you're like, Come on, man. I could have made phone calls. I got emails to send. Could have got a lot of shit done. Yeah. And here I am right back at the same stupid bachelorette party gangbang. Well, it's like those uh monkey tests
0: they do with cocaine and heroin. They give the monkeys heroin, they take the heroin once a day, and they're straight. They give the monkeys Coke, and they just keep hitting that Coke button until their fucking hearts explode. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's something about giving guys access, just constant 24-hour porn. I mean, that's where all that gagging shit and gaping and fucking all the abuse porn. It's got to become violent. Well, it comes out of, like, what's next? We've done all this. What's next? We're going to fucking pee in girls' butts. Okay. Okay, how about we pee in girls' butts and we attach a straw to that pee and we make them drink it out of their own butt. Fuck yeah. That guy's
2: in jail, I think.
0: Yeah, he is in jail. Right? He's out now. Is yeah. he? Yeah. Did you ever see that What's documentary? Max Hardcore. Max Hardcore. Did yeah. you ever see
2: that documentary called Hardcore where the girl no. comes over from England? It's uh no. it'll make you like furious at that guy. Did you ever see it before?
1: Brian? I think I saw clips of it on E Fuck. It's a yeah. it's
2: a girl who comes from England, you know, porn uh-huh. producer is like your beautiful baby, you're gonna do, basically starts over you're just gonna do like pictures and lesbian porn. Uh huh and then before you know it, like, they get to sets, and it's like, well, I thought you said we were just going to watch today. It's like, no, baby, come on. Like, I told him you're doing this anal porn today. She's like, well, I said no anal. And he's like, well, come. it's more money if you do it. And it's really watching him then break a girl down. So at one point, uh, Max Hardcore, I believe it is, getting ready to do something terrible to her. And she finally, like, after crying, he, she said she didn't want to do it. The well, first thing he does is he walks into a room when she's going to meet Max Hardcore for the first time a bunch of people in this room and the and the documentary crew. He walks in, he shakes everyone's hand and goes over to her. It seems very real. Pulls her panties down and stuffs his dick in her asshole and she makes a face like it's pretty real. And she gets weeded out and then he goes, "Let's go upstairs." And he starts talking into a scene. She says she doesn't want to do it. He gets really uh, first thing he tries to do is like hit her with the baby. You're beautiful. Like you're going to make a lot of money. This is a great thing. People want to see your beautiful body. He does that for about 5 minutes. And then he kicks right into, you stupid bitch, yeah, hey, whatever, go back to England and tell your kid you can't take care of her and you fucking, okay. you're to waste my fucking time. And then she agrees to do it and the documentary guys step in and they turn the camera off and just says, like, at this point, we thought she wasn't responsible for herself anymore and they pulled her out of it.
0: Okay, is this 100% confirmed? Are you sure that this was, wasn't in any way set up? That's why you know, like, there's a lot of these porn scenarios where they do like casting couches. No, 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 no. Really, no. are no, there's a casting documentary couches. No, I know but that. But there's other ones that they do where it's totally rigged.
2: Yeah, I think like most of them are always rigged. This is not a. Th- this is a full length like two hour documentary. It's about w- this girl that was just one scene. Right, but they showed him fucking her in the ass. She doesn't. She's not opposed to that. Okay,
0: but like she goes. With- yes, yes. They okay. say, well,
2: they don't show like his dick going in because it's just not the way it's a documentary guy. So it's like if it happened in the corner over there.
0: Uh huh. So they're not showing the actual sex. Right. Yes,
2: they show. They just don't show the penetration. But you see him put his dick in her, and she and her make a face and get weird. I about don't it. know
0: if that's. I don't know if that's a setup. You know what I'm saying? Like, do you know that that's not a setup?
2: Uh, obviously, you know I can't confirm it to hundred right. but, but but percent. But she, she goes through a weird thing in this documentary,
1: this sounds like a real documentary. I mean, if, if it was a porn documentary, they would show like real porn. Yeah, no, they don't it, show. It there's no penetration. That
0: doesn't necessarily mean it's true. That's not necessarily true. I mean, I don't know. I see what you're saying. Like it sounds like it could be real, but it also could be something that they set up. I don't know. Of course,
2: oh, well, anything could be. You know. Yeah, I mean,
0: th- it's the same that same world. You know what I'm saying? That world of the fake auditions that turn. But to this sex. isn't
2: this isn't a this isn't a jerk offable thing in any way. It's just This gross. whole thing is terribly like. What the fuck is this guy doing? This girl's like, is he really doing that? It's it's not a. Oh, okay. It's so, not. It's not. There's no fancy set around it. Like you see the documentary guys, like like even like the you know the the guys talking to each other. Like is right. this like should we do something? So he's just. An evil guy that's out of control, abusing the shit out of chicks and putting it on video. I, I've heard him on Howard Stern, man. He seems like a pretty horrible dude. But Ooh, I'm speaking heard, a little what out of hear?
0: school. Did you hear? he seemed like a horrible dude.
1: Yeah, this is a real documentary.
0: Hold on right? a second. Would you hear that it he seemed like he was a horrible dude? It's so on
2: Howard Stern. It's the way he talked. There, you know, girls come in that want to be porn stars, and he just like he just didn't mean. He's like, "Well, oh, you're a little fat, but you know, I can work with that." Like, you know, you you know, right pig on your face, and he just like, right. kind of like a, like a gruff. Like shitty guys. Maybe it's a character. For all I know, yeah, you know what I mean. But I don't like, no.
0: But I heard. Yeah. But
2: why be the villain? I mean, the guy did go to jail. But again, I don't know. You know what that was for. So I should Well, I'll tell you exactly what it was for.
0: He went to jail Tax for obscenity. No, oh, no. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obscenity laws. It's a very scary thing. Look, I don't think that what he see. It's a tricky situation because I think anybody with any ethics or morals that looks at that guy and what it, the the kind of videos he did, you don't want to be attached to that. It's disgusting. I mean, if even if it is fake, it's still like, man, what? Why does this get you off? Like you're just yeah. you're being fucking horrible to these people. If that's really what gets you off, like, what kind of a human being are you? And what what kind of a what kind of a product are you selling? But the way they got him is there's certain places that have like really strict obscenity laws, and so they prosecuted him in Florida in this one area that had these like really brutally strict obscenity laws. So they went after this guy. They targeted him. I think you know they saw the videos and they decided this is a piece of shit and we need to put this guy in jail and like they in their eyes the prosecutor's eyes i think if i had a guess that they found a guy who had made this sort of uh evil business off of a loophole and that loophole was the the freedom of expression sure that he's allowed to have his own artistic interpretation of what's porn and what's not porn but to anybody like you that's a normal guy who watches it, you're like, this guy's a piece of shit. Like He's making movies for fucking evil people.
2: Yeah, to want to get off to that is a very bizarre thing to me.
0: It is. It's definitely very bizarre. But it's also like, at what point in time is it censorship? At what point in time is like, yeah. who's to say that you can't... I mean, if you made a movie, okay, this is a totally unrelated thing, but if you made a movie uh, about a guy who was a horrible serial killer, right... And He's very sadistic and it's part of the entertainment is this guy's very sadistic and then as long as someone catches that guy and kills him Most of us are like wow that was a fucked up movie, but they got him in the end Yeah, the problem with this is nobody gets it in the end except the girl girl gets it in the end you yeah. know what I mean like the girl gets abused and it's about abuse and that's it. There's no th- narrative There's no like story arch arc where someone comes along and they fucking Find this guy and they lock him up in jail at the end and then everybody feels safe No, it's just awful. From the beginning to the end it's awful and then it ends. There's no plot. It's just him him violating somebody.
2: Yeah. And this and it's but I mean it rolls on without him though. I mean there's like a thousand max hardcores. I'm sure, right? right? Those guys they'll put on a on E fucked I've seen them do those uh the compilations of like just not even the sex part just the guys being mean to the chick it's like they, they yeah. bring in like awful like unattractive women and they shit on them and then fuck them it's very weird
0: yeah and they smack them there's a Where lot of, like, they sign up for abuse. that there's like physical abuse that would be illegal and you would actually go to jail for like you can't smack a chick in the
2: face but like I, yeah you can't you can't really sign a waiver to say that's okay yeah, like, i guess like you sort of can i mean like wrestling right
0: uh, but it's isn't it different if it's a guy smacking a woman? I mean, let's be honest. Isn't it? I mean, morally? If a guy I smacking know, a guy in wrestling, if they're doing a, a pro wrestling match and a guy smacks a guy, these guys are, they're agreeing to this. They're both guys. If two girls are doing it, they're
2: both girls. But if a guy does it to a girl. But I mean, there's been, there has to have been pro wrestling storylines where the guy accidentally swings and smacks the girl. Like that's part of the storyline. I mean, uh, I mean time. I just watched the thing the other day. Uh Triple H uh put
0: Stephanie McMahon in the pedigree. <laughs> well in movies for sure. Yeah. There's been domestic violence in movies without a doubt. That's, but they're not the really thing. No 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 but they're not really hitting. That's
2: not actual contact. No, yeah. but in
0: pro wrestling there is contact. Yes, that's the difference. In pro wrestling they're they're actually hitting. So if you've
2: there's
1: absolutely Watched. TV shows and movies that they hit each other
0: in. No, you see a woman hit a man. You never see a man actually hit a woman in a movie. I Not bet, a recent movie.
1: Well, I bet you there there is in the last year some show that you has a a man hit a woman and it's a real hit.
0: No, they can make it. No, no Jersey Shore had no, no, that happen, no. but
1: that you wasn't can, set up. You all. can make it
0: look like it's a real Jersey hit. Shore. Yeah. You could make Good. it look like it, but I've never seen. I, I've never seen a, a woman cuff a man or a man. Cough a woman in the face Where I thought
2: it was real That Jersey Shore That Snooki got punched In the face by a dude Yeah That was real 100% That was 100% I got jawed her (laughs) She got blasted
0: So that's the type of thing You can't fake I mean she just got popped That guy was a fucking savage That guy was a school Teacher, teacher I know And an MMA fighter
2: Was he really? Yep yeah, I mean, he just uncorked on her face. I guess MMA's been around long enough now, there's just, finally there's some guys coming out and disgracing the sport a little bit. There's always going to be crazy brutal. people
0: in everything. Combat Soccer sports players, too, yeah. fucking, whatever.
2: Competition, aggressive Polo types. Polo athletes. Sure. Yeah, there's
0: people that are nuts. You're going to run into people, I mean, the, the, the most unlikely scenario, if it's a competition, you know, you're going to run into, I mean, not even if it's not a competition, there's probably asshole dentists that'll punch you in the face if they're
2: doing shots. And then sometimes you know? it works out, those MMA guys, it works out great. Well, remember that? Was that a World Star Hip-Hop video with the, was it down in D.C.? Kind of an unassuming white dude. Oh, Ryan Hall. Dropped a yeah, big black guy, right? And the guy gave up guy. eventually. Yeah, and then it
0: the shows yeah, like partying with the him. black dudes later. Yeah. Yeah, he mounted him. He didn't even kick his ass. Just held him down and just out grappled him. <laughs> just let him
2: know. Yeah, let him yeah, know that like, it's going to get worse. Yeah. That's so awesome!
0: Yeah, well, especially if you haven't grappled before, you get tired so quick. You're like, okay, okay, get off me! Like you don't have enough energy left to attack them. Like you, there's nothing left. I
2: love I love bullies getting knocked out video. I do love those. Those make me happy. It's nice when you see that. As it's, comics, I think what you said about the thing about punching up earlier, yeah. it really is like we do seek justice to some degree.
0: For sure, I just have a problem with the statement that all good comedy is punching up. That's just not true. It's not. There's no. a lot of good of comedy that's punching sideways. There's a lot of good comedy that's punching down. It's but like, there's
2: no. But there. But Louis C.K. shitting on his daughter. There's no like uh, lack of justice there. Do you know what I mean in that regard? Because like, you said you kind of know. Right. It's, Im- it's not only is it implied. It's very obvious. He's kidding. He yeah. loves his kid. Nobody makes an outward. Uh, and and it's funny. No one does make an outward thing about that. The the, the fights people choose to pick when i did a interestingly enough with the daughter thing when i did fallon uh i talked shit about my daughter for the first two minutes of it and then i did michael vick jokes and thousands of hate mails the next day poured in over these michael vick jokes over imaginary i say that uh he was on my team so i I have to love him because he's on my team at the time he's on the eagle still and i say uh I go, you know, I know he's a terrible dude and did some terrible things, but while he's on my team, just win. Like I'll throw him a dog, let him tear it apart like a werewolf in the end zone if he scores. And I said I'd mail him a box of puppies with a photograph of me shushing if he wins the Super Bowl. And it killed in the room. And it did great. and but then all the hate mail came in for that and it was such a weird thing. There's like not one person was like, How do you shit talk your daughter like that? You know? Right. You're telling a joke about shitting on her father's day present or something she got for you. It's like no one cares about that. They're but there was petitions online for a public apology from me, for <laughs> imaginary dogs, dogs that don't exist.
0: Well, once things happen, people get excited and they want action. They want, they want you to apologize. And if they can force you into action, then they've won some sort of an online contest. You know, they've decided, they've written a blog about it, they've started a hashtag. And make Jay Ogerson hashtag make Jay apologize.
2: Yeah, it's, <laughs> so, it's so bizarre to get that wound up about Comedy ever? I don't well, how get about, it.
0: about everything, man. I mean, every fucking YouTube video that comes out has a thousand comments. People are duking it out in the comment section, and people get fired up about almost everything and anything. And if they have the license to be offended, if people have the license to be offended. Like they could think that what you said is not funny. You know, they can think that what you said is cruel. But this license to be offended. Aren't and you the, blown I don't want away? Ever on my show again? This is my show. I like this show.
2: Aren't you, you could- blown away though? How like offended people get? I, I feel like comedy should be void of that of course yeah but like I, I sometimes i feel like we're treated like we're speaking to fucking congress like yeah
0: know, we're <laughs> giving affidavits in court there's a
2: laughing microphone behind me on a sign you know like what do you well wh- you wh- see it you what's see the... what's going on people
0: are just getting attention i mean if you, so, if you, so you talk bizarre.
2: about it and you engage them and they get to
0: be upset about you and find other folks that are upset about it as well that's, everybody gets to be to have a little bit of attention
2: that's it. why and you know and it's obviously one of the most famous moments on the show, but that's why I was always—I was—I was very uh, tight with Kilstein, like Jamie Kilstein, at one point, and like for, as a comic coming out against comedy, that that blew my mind so much when that happened. Yeah, the thing about—I still will once Tosh. in a while, yeah, I will still once in a while go back and watch that whole thing because I, I'm trying to get where he was coming from with that.
0: Where he's coming from is a very rigid ideology. There's a very rigid ideology of you know what, what the the down the people that are talking down on it would call it the social justice warriors. They, they they talk about it in a mocking sense, social justice warriors. But social justice warriors, like the idea behind like the super male feminists, very liberal, very, you know, a lot of them vegan, like this this whole idea of do the least amount of harm possible. They have a very rigid ideology when it comes to certain things. They don't have, they don't leave any room for certain things to be discussed in a mocking manner. You know, and I think that you get stuck in that world if you're in that world, like they have very rigid rules. They don't think you should ever say a joke about rape. What was really fucked up is Jamie had one about rape. It was about men getting raped and it was okay. It's like you can't you can you just can't have any mocking jokes about any woman getting raped. Even if the Daniel Tosh situation it was like such an obvious line the, you know, she yells out during his, if no one knows the scenario, Tosh was on stage and he was asking the audience what they wanted to talk about because like occasionally someone will yell out a subject and it'd be pretty funny, you know, and then you may, may be able to come up with a bit from it. Who knows? He's just having a good time with the crowd being loose ad-libbing. Some guy yells, talk about rape. And he goes, and he starts listing off all the things that's not funny about rape. Like, what are you talking about? What's, what is it? The, the humiliation? The physical violence? Like, what part do you think is funny? And this woman, like, self-righteously yells out, actually, there's nothing funny about rape. As if he didn't know that. As if he wasn't saying that exact same thing. And he goes, wouldn't it be funny if five guys raped her right now? Like, and then everybody starts howling, laughing. Why? Because it's a funny thing to say in that moment. Sure. And to argue against that as saying, like, that promotes a culture that accepts rape is completely ridiculous. What it promotes is is rallying against people that are stating the obvious. They're stating the obvious to take a moral high ground. Actually, there's nothing funny about rape. Like, he was saying that very thing with humor, that there is nothing funny about rape when she chimed in. It's a person that wanted attention. That's the same person that wrote that (laughs) blog. She wrote a blog about it. That very person... Was like the nightmare person to say that too, because she went and she wrote this blog, and then he wound up giving this like fake apology, which is pretty hilarious.
2: Did you? Uh, yeah. Did you see uh, what Law and Order SVU did with that story? Uh, what they made that into? They did. Really? Oh, oh yeah. You know they do the polls from the headlines. So they had the guy. First of all, they referred to him as like. They're like, where are you going? Like, we're going up to the college campus to watch that. That new rape comic is in town. They call him a rape comic. No. It's Jonathan Silverman, plays him.
0: That's hilarious. He
2: goes, the new rape comic in town. So he goes up there, and his jokes are all about, you know, like fucking chicks against their wills to oh some my degree. Oh, God. And, but everyone loves him. He's, he's getting huge applause what? and cheers. Oh, my God. That's the, uh, so ridiculous. The SV, the entire, what's funny about that is that one scene after they, they suspect uh, he goes on trial because a girl almost got raped after his show a girl was a fan of his, and they try to make the argument that these guys wouldn't have tried to rape her if they weren't all goosed up from his comedy show. And that was the actual argument. And what they ended up doing with the story was, first thing they do that made me laugh was the whole SVU team goes and sits front row at his comedy show, is what they do first, and they're just sitting there staring and shaking their heads, and you almost want to go you guys are actually being a pretty shitty audience. Like, <laughs> like, at the end of the day, it's like, if you're going to sit there and stare, like, at least sit in the back. Like, that seems like a kind of a weird, Like you're making the show get weird and rapey by staring, staring at him. But then what they do, the big payoff is at the end of the whole episode, they make that he was also a rapist. Oh I actually tweeted God. out I was like Pretty fucking irresponsible Like that's a really Irresponsible oh thing that for, the, for a show like that to do You would think that it. By the
0: way The kind of people That actually would be rapists They would be talking about How rape is awful Because they would Probably, probably be trying to Throw people off the face Yeah case. They wouldn't be, like, raping all the time yeah. and then joking about raping all the time. Like, that sounds like the exact opposite <laughs> of what you would do if you were trying not to get busted being a fucking rapist. Crack joke? What, you were trying to loosen people's expectations? Remember there was a, a comedian rapist? Remember that? Oh, yeah. The guy that, would backtrack his schools? He would go to uh, colleges and he would rape girls at colleges and he would ask them to pray for him. Really? Vince Champ. Yeah, but didn't he do a thing? not his name did, Vince Champ?
2: He, but didn't he do, he would go like those block bookings? Like he would go do one school, pick out the chick, go to the next school, and then double back. So that's like, I think he pulled it off for a while. I didn't know he
0: had a strategy. Did he have
2: a strategy? From what I understand, I, I, I could be wrong about that, obviously. But, I, yeah. but I, that's why I've, I've heard that from several sources. That it was like a doubling back thing.
0: He won Star Search in 1992. And he's serving a 55- to 70-year sentence for rapes he committed at college campuses on a stand-up circuit. How many did they say? How many rapes? There's a bunch. I don't uh, know, man. The uh, story I'm looking for has been removed from the internet.
2: How many rapes were
1: there? Okay, well, there were so
0: many rapes. It was in the late 90s. fucking <laughs> of rapes? It was in the late 90s. Yeah. I don't know how many, go- how many girls he raped, but he would have asked them to pray for him, which is really fucked. Rape's the last thing a chick wants to hear while you're raping them. So even
2: you feel bad about the rape. I, I think rape, rape. There always has to be like it seems to me like there's got to be a shut up or I'll do this like element to it because I th- I feel like you just couldn't. It's like professional wrestling, like how you couldn't suplex somebody like a a vertical suplex that doesn't want to be suplexed. It's like you couldn't possibly do it. Someone I feel like how could you fuck someone who's really snapping their legs shut and fighting it? That almost seems like it's an impossible task. Are you serious? It's got physically for real. Yeah, I mean, to something like that. Uh, it happens all the time. Obviously, it can happen.
0: No, but, say, but I mean? think there's
2: always an element. I think eventually the girl kind of has to do like some kind of like, just get this fucking over. If you fight, physically fight the entire time, I feel like you almost couldn't pull it off. Um, I don't
0: know, man. I think a guy could probably pull it off. I think they do. I don't even know what
2: you're saying. Like, guys definitely rape. Like, I know, no, no, uh, fight, no, no. Girls no, fight to Jesus the Jesus Christ. Did it make it sound like I say guys no, don't no, rape? No, no, guys no, rape. No, rape.
0: But girls <laughs> fight them off, and they still rape them. That shit happens all the time. I think men mean? are just bigger, you know, big, strong men and small women, it's probably they hold you down. It's
1: the liquid it seems thing pretty too. obvious. I think though, if you, you mean, just booze? spit on Is that no, what you're saying? no, I mean like if you like she's not gonna be wet, you know, well, I'm not even talking about like, that. I'm
2: talking just about the of someone like nonstop, like physically flailing around, like to, to com- completely subdue someone's f fo- have you ever just like playfully wrestled with a girl? <laughs> like with your girlfriend or something? It was like uh Oh yeah. Uh, my my chick, if I try to hold her arms and a tickle her and she's flailing, like I don't think I can control her full and she's not a big girl at all. Hmm.
1: I control my girl. She can't move.
0: Brian kicks ass on bullies, <laughs> controls his girl. He's a fucking savage.
2: Dude, you can stop a rape, yeah, and don't rape. Don't even amazing. You know, forget
0: all personal appearances. Put that aside. He's a savage. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I can control my girl. Yeah, you could look, man, if you know how to wrestle, you could hold a
2: chick down pretty goddamn easy. It's not hard. You could hold a dude down. Uh, but you yep. have to hold her down and accomplish something that's like sort of intricate to some degree. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. This is a weird thing to speculate. <laughs> <laughs> Let's break it down. How would you do Brian? Let's take it around the horn. It'd be <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> First Everything of all, do no. a classroom judo throw. Then J- jiu-jitsu and spit. I think that
0: uh It'd probably be, uh, it's, it's like, especially there's a lot of violence involved, right? Like hitting, choking. I don't think it would be hard.
2: I mean, it would obviously, it wouldn't be as easy as, like, normal sex. No, but I'm, I'm almost making the point. I'm saying by the time actually the sex part happens, I feel like there's just a give up to some degree. <laughs> Man. Yeah, I guess. I you can know. see me appearing at the Tomahawk <laughs> University college, started my, announcing my college tour. <laughs> it's called the Don't Worry, I Don't Believe I Could Possibly Rape You Tour.
0: <laughs> hey, everybody has their own confidence level, what they can put <laughs> off, what they can pull off and can't pull off yeah. in this life, if you feel like you're limited in that regard.
2: I can never dunk a basketball and I can never rape. Those are so, the two things I physically can't pull it, off. It
0: is a fucked up thing, man, that, that's like so common in the animal community, like violence and sex. Like if you ever watched, like, I was watching this documentary or was listening to this uh, podcast rather uh, about um, Tasmanian devils and how vicious Tasmanian devils are with each other. And that while they're having sex, like they, almost, they always bite each other. They're constantly biting each other, and they fuck each other's faces up. Like when they have sex, and they fuck each other's faces up when they're uh, fighting over a meal. They're constantly going at it. But there was a a disease that was spreading amongst them that was actually a a type of cancer. And the type of cancer was actually proving to be um, something that's contagious. By some strange manner of evolution, these cancerous cells would burst and infect the cells around them. And so they, all these uh, Tasmanian devils started dying off because they started developing these cancerous, contagious tumors. And they were constantly biting each other in the face. So they would be biting into these tumors, and the, the tumors would like literally make tumors on the other animals. Jesus. Yeah, but they're just constantly attacking and fucking mangling each other. Like That's what they did. They were just constantly like, biting when they fucked. Is right, and they make these crazy noises, man. This guy who is a... Uh, have you ever listened to Radio Lab? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, 100%. Amazing podcast. It's an amazing podcast. And the podcast is all... Um, you know, it's all like really interesting things that are like one of them they had about uh, the problems with trying to communicate with dolphins and just really fascinating fascinating stuff one of them was on the apocalypse like how uh, what the asteroid impact did and how many animals were killed off and what the original humans probably looked like the thing that became a human that was alive back then this fucking burrowing underground mammal rodent type thing but um, they were doing this this Radio Lab one on these Tasmanian devils and this cancer that was spreading. It was fucking madness, man. I don't so like to wild. dig into
2: stuff like that too much. it gives me like, genuine anxiety, especially apocalypse stuff. Yeah. Like you know, it's like oh, there's always just a chance of you know but, a meteor size of Texas could destroy the earth.
0: But just weird that that became like a thing with these animals that they would bite and fuck while they're biting. <laughs> <laughs> they're biting each other in the face and
2: and that's not a discussion. That's just nature. Just so they it's they the nature do. of it. Yeah. It's they not like constantly
0: uh, do it. Apparently, they just bite. They're just always fighting over meat and fucking biting each other in the face well, and
2: praying shit. praying mantis fucks and kills, like, immediately,
0: so. Yeah. Same, you know, it's like. So does Black Widow, right? Yep. That's real common in the insect community. I saw an ant once, this uh, weird fucking ant uh, that takes, it's, they're almost all females, and there's occasionally males, and when they find a male, they bite his legs off. They bite his legs off, and they bring the male's, like, slightly larger. They bite his legs off, and then they carry him into the hive to breed, and then they wind <laughs> up killing him.
2: They make him write a book.
0: They just they <laughs> cripple him. He has, like, wings, I think, is that the
2: story of misery? <laughs> <This> <laughs> it, like, you make him write a book with your favorite character? <laughs>
0: Yeah, we got it so weak. We're such pussies. You know, we we have a conversation about how difficult it would be to rape somebody, and it's like dangerous subject to tread. <laughs> you, know, you look into the the nature world; it's like sex without rape. They're like, "What are you talking about? That doesn't yeah. even happen." I want it. I take it. Yeah, there's there, that's how you make sure
2: that it's the, like the lion right they just walk up and Start fucking.
0: Well, yeah, and the the lion has to get through all the male lions. He has to prove his worth, and then eventually he's going to get pushed out by some new young lions. You know, because he wants to keep like a few chicks around, and some new young lines are going, and then he's going to be out there on his own. They say that's like the biggest problem in Africa.
2: It's a metaphor for SNL, for some. (laughs) The new line comes in, the old one gets sent out to pasture. Tim Meadows. i never
0: watched that show. But like with uh, African uh, villages, the the real problem that they have is when a lion uh, gets cast out, and uh, the the females don't get their food anymore. Then the lions have to go get their own food and a lot of those old males they start to get crippled and slow and they, they chip teeth off and shit and Then they become super dangerous because they can't get the the normal game animals they're used to getting so then they start snatching people
2: Just oh, yeah, they of keep proving themselves. Well, there was a leopard providing. There was a story about a le- It was in
0: the news yesterday um, About a leopard in India that they think is responsible one individual leopard responsible for 15 deaths 15 different people that it targets drunk people and That it waits. Yeah, how fucked is that it really? <laughs> yes z- 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 <laughs> Leopard waves a spot. Yeah, well people you know they go out and they start partying and this leopard has apparently Developed this taste for drunk people like he knows that when people come out of these bars They're slow and they don't know what the fuck's going on. They're not on their, They're not on the ball and they get jacked
2: It's almost weird to walk out of anywhere in the world of a bar and there's a leopard
0: <laughs> waiting you for you
2: imagine. even in India India is scary
0: with leopards. In fact,
2: in India, I find it more weird there's a bar than a leopard waiting to kill you. I feel like the bar, like, there's bars in India. Well, you know what's interesting? Like India, everybody always thinks of as being like this place of
0: peaceful meditation and yoga, right? I mean, that's, right. a lot of people think of... In, Desert, but, camel. But, how, but you, you hear about all these goddamn gang rapes. Like India sure. has these horrible stories of people getting like gang raped on buses and women dying. Like, you, don't you hear about those quite sure. a bit? Yeah. yeah. Like, I wouldn't have normally associated that with India. You know, we don't we don't think of that. But it's like when you have a billion people, you get a lot of crazy shit going on. You got a billion people stuffed onto a continent. Can you
2: imagine? Yeah, I mean, the young people anywhere are picking up on, especially with Internet and everything, picking up on like the culture of all that stuff. So if you go to South Africa, they're street gangs, you know, and they think they're bloods and crips because that's what they see. Really? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's not I don't think they're directly affiliated, but there's like. There's street gangs, you know, like that kind of thing in South Africa, like a weird place like that.
0: Do you remember when there was an Ice Cube song about um, moving the Crips and the Bloods to the Midwest? No. What was the song? <laughs> yeah. Steady Mobbin', I think it was. Road Trip? It was Yeah. It was, it was something like that, where these, uh, these gang bangers had got too hot in L.A., so they set up gang affiliates in the middle of the country.
2: Oh, those are those like Southern ones, or, like those documentaries HBO yeah. would do about the white boy gangs, mm-hmm. like just a bunch of dudes wearing like bandanas over their face and carrying hay sickles. <laughs> like, yeah, what, what was... a terrifying <laughs> thing coming your way! It's like the like Children of the Corn <laughs> with do rags on. What was that show? It was like banging in the suburbs, banging in Little Rock, banging in Little Rock. And that's that's what it right. it was. Yeah.
0: Wow, that's and, like right. really, it's, like
2: white trash guys. Like, get
0: him, Gary. That scared a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Banging in Little Rock type shit. It scares a lot of people. The idea that this gang violence that you see in like Inglewood and Compton on the, the television shows, that that somehow or another that Boys in the Hood shit could somehow or another make it.
2: Yeah, and it's like terrifying. Especially yeah. when you see it in the South, it's weird because it it's already kind of a scary area of like swampy overgrown hedges and stuff. And then there's like, yeah. there's like a dude with an Uzi wearing a red flannel in swampy Rock. Louisiana weather.
0: And if you, yeah, fuck. And if you're scared of it, you're racist. (laughs) (laughs) Just don't hit back. You know, I tell you what, I've talked about some shit on this podcast and gotten you know a lot of people's reactions about it, but one of the biggest reactions I ever got about anything I said was that I was talking about John Jones, and I said, I wonder how much of, like, why he's not popular is racism. I wonder if people are racist. Even if you even say you wonder that someone might be racist, like, if, if someone's reaction to something, it's probably, like, flipping of me to say like that's like a, especially when you're not considering it before you're saying it you're just discussing a subject because you think mm-hmm. it's interesting it's a such a charged subject you got to have like a fully formed idea before you say it but just the mere possibility that some people could be racist was like such a like people are so angry like not even saying you're racist not saying the only way that you couldn't like the guy was because of racism i said i wonder how much of it is racism i wonder if it's a factor because I always wonder about racism. I
2: right? think he gives reasons beyond that, but I think it's a fair question. I mean, he gives yes. reasons to dislike him he beyond race. But, you know, at the same time, why? Yeah, some people will just... Is yeah. it ridiculous the notion that people will just blindly, like, think, just, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. We'll leave in a world of apologies. Don't apologize for asking.
0: It. Well, it's, it's, it's uh, just such a highly charged subject. It's a fascinating thing that it's so highly charged. That, you know, even a mere suggestion... And... If, if people thought in some way that I meant, if you don't like them, it's because you're racist, uh, then that's my shitty job of communicating an idea. Because that certainly was never what I was thinking. But what I was thinking was, I think, I know for a fact, when I was a kid, I used to root for white guys. <laughs> I just did. Like when Jer- Jerry Cooney fought Larry Holmes, I remember very clearly being embarrassed that I rooted for Jerry Cooney because he was a white guy. Because I remember Larry Holmes boxed the shit out of him. And he just picked him apart. And before that, I mean, Jerry Cooney was a really good fighter. Um, he was—he uh, beat Ken Norton. He knocked him out. Devastating knockout. It was like it was—he was a good fighter. But Larry Holmes was a master at the time. And it was just—I should have been appreciating what Larry Holmes was able to do to this guy who had been able to knock out some really good fighters. That Larry Holmes was just using his skill, and that it was a me- but I had been rooting for Jerry Cooney. So when he lost, I was like,
2: damn because oh, it, it was but might have been because
0: he was the underdog too no you know? I was a kid I was dumb I know I was rooting for it because he was white I know I was I yeah. was probably like <sighs> I was a senior or a junior maybe a junior in high school so I guess I was like 16 and uh, yeah I was just dumb I mean it wasn't that I was racist it but was how dumb I could have like, just been
2: going what you would like what, what you attached to the most like what you related to the most most like certainly that, I could be that guy <laughs> yeah most certainly most certainly
0: yeah but um I did it a little bit when I was twenty. Not but not nearly as enthusiastically with Tommy Morrison. <laughs> Screaming, <laughs> I love you, white boxer. No, with Tommy Morrison, I was like I just, you know, I was keeping an eye on him. How'd you like, feel after man, Ra- after I'll... Ray
2: Mercer? Oh my How'd god. How'd you feel after that? That was he the worst knockout I've me. ever seen in my life.
0: That knockout was so good that my friend Kevin, who is like a huge fan of Tommy Morrison, was res- was like he wasn't even bummed out. He's like, "Damn, that dude's awesome." Just saying that, you know, Ray Mercer was so awesome. Even though he was rooting for Tommy sure. Morrison, it was such a brutal knockout. That he just wanted to see Ray Mercer fight again. It was so good.
2: Cut to Ray Mercer whispering in a guy's ear a few years later, like, "Please take a dive. I'll give you half the money." Who did he say that to? I forget, but it was like a court TV case. Oh, that's
0: right. Oh my god. When they were in the
2: clinch, he goes, "Take a dive. I'll give you half the
0: money." Who was that? Was it Bobby Ches? No, who was it that he had a fight with? He had a fight with someone, and it was an important. If he lost the fight, uh, he was not going to get a title shot. Yeah, and so he was. That's right, or allegedly. He asked someone to I don't to know take if that's dive. true. Have he if... ever
2: been proven? Was it ever proven? You can look it up. I think he may have been found guilty of that. Maybe I don't know. Did you ever watch that documentary speaking of boxing about the guy? Uh, what was his name? Where they they made his like, inside of his gloves? Billy like, Resto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They,
0: they fucked with his. He fought Billy. Billy Collins, Jr.?
2: He claims he didn't know. know.
0: Yeah, that was uh, Panama Lewis. That was the same guy who doctored up um, uh, Aaron Pryor's uh, drink. He said, uh, don't give me that water. Give me the other one, the one that I fixed. And then he gives it to Aaron Pryor, and Aaron Pryor goes out there like a fucking bat out of hell and knocks out Alexis Arguello in the next round. And they said it was some sort of a stimulant. Aaron Aaron Pryor, rather, wind up having a bit of a drug problem. So it could have been related in that way. But um, it's just weird how, how the, the the fucking ferocity of the reactions when I brought up this racism thing. Maybe it was like irresponsible on my part, but I'm, I'm sort of happy that I brought it up anyway, just because I'm fascinated by the response. And I'm fascinated by no black people disagreed with me. That's the weird thing. The weird thing is the guys who disagree I mean, I don't know everybody who disagreed with me on Twitter, so I'm, sure. I'm kind of talking out of my ass here, but the people that I interact with on a regular basis, whether they're comics or whatever, they all thought it was the, the black guys all thought it was very valid that there's a certain amount of like extra judgment that you give uh, a cocky young black athlete. And I was like, that's fascinating. Like, I wonder if that's true. Even just paying attention to that. That's something I wonder, you know, that's I wonder what of a factor it is. And it's not it's not the only factor. Look, there's 350 million people on this planet in this country rather. And if, you know, if a million people like you and a million people hate you, this is a fucking wide variety of reasons. But to say that out of all the millions of people who know who you are, that there aren't a certain percentage of them that are racist seems disingenuous. I mean, it seems like there's a certain amount of people across the board that Mm -hmm. are going to be racist. If you have 350 million people, I don't know how many people you're going to get that are racist, but there's got to be a certain percentage that has to be factored in there. So, you you know, saying you wonder how much of it is. Yeah. I think it's, the
2: interesting thing is that I think Floyd Mayweather, people that hate him, I bet there's a lot more racism involved in that than John Jones. John Jones gives you pretty valid yeah. reasons to be like this guy's sort of a dick, uh, just publicly from what you see. You know, I, I don't know anything of him other right. than what I see in the in the press and, and on the shows. But I mean, like Mayweather's a guy. You know, you see, he's like you know, the press is talking to him. He's like throwing 100 dollars bills mm-hmm. on the ground. You know, he's just like uh, like that's well, he's a, probably, a master like, showman
0: in that, in that but, regard but, but too. That,
2: though, but that. Personality feeds into someone who's got racism in their heart, that's really, that, that fires them up. Well, I've read some horrific shit about,
0: well, I've, re- I've read some racist shit about both guys, about John Jones and about Floyd Mayweather, mm-hmm. but this recent att- a barrage of shit about people, like how much hate they have for him after he fought Maidan and lost, you know, I don't know if they were betting on Maidan. I don't know what it is, but, that's also how he sells tickets. I mean, he sells tickets by people wanting him to lose, sure, but he's so fucking good you could barely hit him i mean yeah. ba- if If he gets tagged once or twice hard in a fight, it's shocking and rare. But there's a lot of fights where he'll go, like, the entire fight, just boxing someone's face off and not get hit at all. So for every Sugar Shay Mosley who connects or every Maidana right hand that lands, there's, like, a lot of rounds where he's not even getting hit. He's just slipping out of things and moving and doing things to you that you didn't expect and moving in a way that you didn't anticipate and being nowhere near you when you're looking to hit him. You know, he's a master, but he's also a master of manipulation. I mean, he's playing the heel, where I think John is just a young guy figuring it out on his own while he's one of the baddest men on the planet at 25 years of age. And he's had this ridiculous rise to success that happened in a really short period of time. Like, from the time he was like... 21 years old to the time that he's 25 starts martial arts and becomes a light heavyweight champion I mean that that's fucking crazy. I mean he had a martial art background because he was a really good wrestler And did know some kicking and punching and stuff before he started into MMA But he got into MMA because he got his girlfriend pregnant and he you know He he couldn't go to college. He wanted to do the right thing and said, all right, fuck it I'll start fighting and then got into it. I mean, he's a crazy road for anybody to take and to be that popular and that famous at 25 yeah you're gonna fuck up man but
2: there was a but you're gonna make mistakes you got to watch can you almost pinpoint what it is when the the switch flipped on him i I remember like i saw i went to i went to ufc 101 uh in philly forrest griffin versus uh silva and there uh, he was walking around uh john jones just walking Mm -hmm. around and i remember uh my buddy Dave was with me. He was like, "There's John Jones, man. He's like that guy's badass. He's gonna be the next champ." Like he was just really pumping him up, like saying how great he was and how fun of a young. B- and then I started paying attention to him more, and he was amazing. And then just one day, it just seems like people were like, "What a dick." Some people, yeah,
0: yeah, but people want you to be perfect. They're looking for flaws too. I think the Machida Bad motherfucker. The Machida well, thing, thing was the thing. first thing I mean? saw. He didn't do well, anything wrong it- in that. What do you mean?
2: I thought it was weird that he dropped him afterwards. I know it's an aggressive situation, but I think dropping a guy that he said he knew was unconscious was kind of was was kind of shitty for a sport where I thought I thought this is all supposed to be handshakes at the end and stuff.
0: Mm, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I thought you could in combat
2: hear- mode though. You know? sure? It means- you could hear. Uh, but when he walks over, it's funny. Uh, Greg Jackson, you can hear him say to him. He goes, "John he goes, go win these people back, and go check on if he's okay." She says, "He goes, go yep. check if he's okay. Go stupid. get some fans. Yeah,
0: yeah, go get some fans. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, I think, but also, I think to be a bad motherfucker at that high level, like a lot of times these guys are so intense that they get completely caught up in it and they are just trapped in the moment. I think I know the dude. I know him from backstage. I know him from when he's not fighting, mm-hmm. when he's, and he's really friendly." He's a really bet, cool yeah. dude, but I wouldn't want to be fighting him. I think if you're competing against him, I think he's... They, all those dudes that are at the top of the heap, they're pretty fucking ferocious. And some guys are better at keeping it together in scenarios like that, you know, where they don't <laughs> drop the guy. But Some guys aren't. You know, I mean, Dan Henderson is one of the greatest of all time. One of the most famous moments in his career is he knocked out Michael Bisping with his vicious right hand and Bisping went soaring I mean he was out cold and H- Henderson dropped one on him yeah, afterwards I and remember then that talked about it in the post-fight interview how he dropped one on it I mean that's common and He ba- said the
2: last one was like running his mouth kind of thing exactly. so, Yeah
0: Babalu who's uh, another uh, famous mixed martial arts fighter mm-hmm. a Great fighter who fought in a bunch of different organizations. He lost his gig with the UFC Partially because he held on to this guy after he was done choking him and then talked about it in the post fight press interview with me, you know, and um, that guy was, I mean, not doing anything that BJ Penn hadn't done. BJ Penn did the same thing to Jens Pulver. Like, Pulver was tapping, he still fucking hung on to it because they were angry at each other. But Pulver didn't go out. You know, and for whatever reason, him holding that choke for an extra couple of seconds was okay, whereas Babalu's guy went out and then he talked about it, but everybody knows why they do it, sure they do it because they're fucking caught up in all the trash talking and all the bullshit and you know it is important that a fighter let go when a referee tell him not to, but it's understandable how these guys get caught up in that it's understandable it's got they got to stop doing it, but what John did technically is not. There's nothing wrong with it because when the referee came over to him, he didn't keep hanging on to it. That would have been a more egregious example. More, more, you know. But it is one of those things where you appreciate. Like Nate Marquardt fought this guy, Damian Maya, knocked him out with one punch. Mm-hmm. Da- Damien was like dazed but still conscious, and Marquardt hovered over him and pulled back. Realized he was out of it. The referee stepped in, and stopped it. But Nate. Easily could have dropped a bomb on him sure and he didn't and it was a really classy move and people really respected that that He did that and I made sure I talked about it in the commentary that is a very classy move
2: Roy I, Jones used to do that Roy Jones was like almost look at the yeah. ref like stop this. He did that
0: with Vinnie Pazienza He Pretty looked crazy. over at the ref and he's like come on man. Stop the fight and the referee said no He said okay, and then he went bing, and dropped yeah. him again, you know, and yeah I mean there's moments.
2: is fighting an interesting thing when once you lose Your mojo, man, it's amazing. Isn't it amazing? Roy Jones overnight Mm -hmm. went from like still doing amazing things, and then he lost, and he lost again, and he lost. It it can go. It's like once you stop believing in yourself as an athlete, you believe. It it is a lot to do with you believing you're indestructible. Once you see that chink in your own armor, man, getting that getting that energy back up to do it again must be really, really hard. Yeah, I guarantee. And there was a lot of other
0: factors involved in Roy, too, because he went up to heavyweight and then really had to dehydrate himself and weakened himself very badly, getting back down to light heavyweight again. And then he got knocked out. I mean, he fought... uh, Glenn Johnson right no Glenn Johnson knocked him out after god damn it I can't believe Tarver it. yes Antonio Tarver Tarver knocked him out Tarver was the first guy to stop him and he did it in a fight where it was a rematch of a fight that they had that was very close Yeah, and then Roy went up to heavyweight he boxed John Ruiz and beat him for the title then came down to light heavyweight and in losing that 25 pounds, he really dehydrated the shit out of himself. He looked terrible. He looked like he had starved. His, he lost all of his, like, his, uh, his like, hardness to his muscles. He looked terrible. Yeah. Like it was a really ugly weight cut. And he might have been on some shit to get up to heavyweight too. That's possible. And then you get off that shit, your hormone levels crash. That's a speculation. But the bottom line was Tarver knocked him out. And when Tarver connected, and Carver, Tarver's a big puncher. And we connected and knocked him out, Roy was never the same. Then the Glenn Johnson yeah. fight was scary.
2: That's it. Never the same. It's one day it just happens. It's, yeah. uh, Mike Tyson was never the same. You know, Lennox Lewis. Yeah. I mean, he was never the same necessarily after jail, but he was still pretty ferocious after jail.
0: Well, he Tyson went to jail after he lost the title. Tyson yeah. lost and then went to jail and came back and was still fucking ferocious. Yeah. The difference in, like, what happened with Roy is that Roy fought again, like, within a certain amount of time and got knocked out really bad. And when you get knocked out by a guy, when you get your brain scrambled... Like, it takes a long time for... It's like, Freddie Roach is a genius. And one of the things that he did brilliantly with Manny Pacquiao is after Pacquiao got knocked out, he told him, like, you're not going to fight for a year. He's like, take your head out of this. Like, there's no more... We're going to... That was a bad knockout. And Freddie is a guy who suffers from uh, trauma-related Parkinson's himself. He's got the shakes from his career in boxing. And so because of that, he's super, super aware of damage. And he's like, look, you could be okay, but you've got to heal up. Like, you, There's no contact for a long time. You're going to not fight for a year. And then he came back a year later, and he looked great. Yeah. I mean, he looked like Manny Pacquiao. And it's, I think that rest time is like super important, that recuperation time. It's very important when a guy gets knocked out. And so we saw Roy get beat by that guy, or get beat by Tarver, and then beat again by Johnson in a really scary
2: way. Yeah. Yeah, that's when he went through the ropes.
0: Well, he went down and banged his banged his head off the ground, yeah. and he was stiff at the end of the fight, like he was like stiff in this weird, scary way. Um, and it it didn't look like the kind of punch that would do that to you. Like it didn't look like the kind of punch that would uh, really put you in a in a catatonic state like that. It was sc- that was scary as shit, man. And it was also scary because Roy Jones, you know, he used to be invincible.
2: Yeah, that's what I mean, watching that happen to people is very, you know, it's watching, like, you know, Michael Jordan number 45 come back on the Washington Wizards. You know, you're like, ah. Well, it was he like was-
0: watching Michael Jordan play baseball.
2: Yeah, that was the first thing. I, yeah, like, that was human. Yeah, that was definitely <laughs> the first thing. But, I mean, but to come back, because he came back and then was pretty great again. But then by the time he came back on the Wizards that one time, it was like, why even? Like, you never wanted to believe it wouldn't be good anymore. I never saw that. I never oh. saw him he come back. That was tough to watch. I had that with a uh, being from Philly, Iverson, when he came back for like did like sixteen games before he left again. Doesn't was, like,
0: Iverson have some weird situation where like when he gets to be fifty, he gets like some giant chunk of money?
2: Apparently, yeah. With a uh, Reebok, he has some kind of like they like I mean, set putting money in trust or something. Yeah, oh,
0: weird. But he's broke now, right? Oh, that's what they say. Who they knows? said he was begging for money. Well, actually, it turned out it was bullshit, right? Wasn't that a bullshit story? He's definitely not
2: begging for. I They he just retired his number. He looks fine, you know. Like no, you know,
0: somebody was uh, somebody was saying that he was outside of a, a mall asking for money, but then I think that turned out
2: to be like a bullshit rumor that someone started. Yeah, that that's absolutely... I heard Marilyn Manson lives above a, like, out, a fucking liquor store here in L.A. There's no he orders. might he right. might do that just
0: yeah. to be a fucking crazy person. Marilyn Manson is the real deal, dude. Talk to Stan... Do you know Stan Hope?
2: No, he's... Marilyn Manson is my favorite rock star of all time. Do you know Stan Hope? Yeah, yeah. Do you need to talk to Stan Hope about Manson? They hung out? Oh, good lordy. Really? Oh,
0: I don't want to say anything on the air. It's not my place. (laughs) But go uh, ask. He's... He's not playing games.
2: Sounds like an absinthe story.
0: <laughs> no, nope, It involves a lot of different things. <laughs> you need to uh, hear it all from Stan Oak. I will. I will <laughs> or, look into that. Or Marilyn Manson. Or talk to Tate Fletcher. Tate Fletcher's hung out with him, too.
2: I never met Marilyn Manson, because uh, for the same reason, every time I see Dice, I never really talk to him, because I'm like, if this guy's a douchebag to me, it's going to just destroy my thing. Dice would be cool to you. If you're a comic, yeah, you'll be I cool. wrote him, oh man, on Bobby Kelly's podcast, they made me read it. I wrote him, I got stoned one night, and just, this is... This should have happened 15 years ago, not a year and a half ago. I wrote him some Facebooky love letter, and the return <laughs> thing was like, uh, this is actually Dice's assistant. He doesn't really check his own personal <laughs> thing. I was, like, I was like, yes. Oh, I gave him references to who to ask about me. That I'm oh, legit. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah.
0: How long had you been doing comedy when you did
2: that? Fourteen years. <laughs> 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 it was a year and a half ago. as I'm saying it was. Wait, like, I, oh. I got stoned, and I was like, <laughs> oh. "You know, you know what it was? I got stoned, and I was listening to Dice Man Cometh, oh. and Dice Man Cometh. Look, as a as a professional adult comic, now doing it many years, like I, I I see the holes in everyone's game all the way. You know what I mean? Like I don't. There's no pedestal that I have mom except for the fact that Dice, when I was younger, loved him. It was my favorite thing in the world. It was part of the reason. I would be funny, like I would go to school and recite Dice lines, and it was also a bonding thing that me and my step-pop, my step-pop started dating my mom and staying over and everything like that, like he would let me watch Dice, like he brought that into my life, that was like our bonding thing, that we both just love Dice. So now when I see him, just one of those guys, just like you, that I've just somehow, we haven't crossed paths, and uh, I've seen him once in a while, I'm like, I'm going to go talk to him, and I just don't.
0: (laughs) Well, if I'm ever around him and you're around him, I'll introduce you, he's great. He's fun. He's been on the podcast a bunch of times. He's been great on the podcast, yeah. I hung out with him and uh, Norton and Anthony and uh, it was, God, it was a bunch of us and uh, Brian and who else was with us? Was Bobby Kelly? No, it wasn't Bobby Kelly. It was, was Bobby Anthony. Kelly. Yeah, Bobby Kelly was there yeah. too. Yeah. And we all uh, saw him. We went to his show and, uh, in Vegas. At the Riviera, nice. Which is the classic, (laughs) the Riviera, the classic venue. The only place I've ever played hasn't changed since 1970. I mean, they they haven't done a goddamn thing. They've washed the floor. That's it. He did the comedy club. Yeah, upstairs, the right across
2: from the dancing girls show. No, he was
0: at the above thing, the theater. They used to have the Frank Marino drag show, the Mm -hmm. drag queen show. Did you ever see that? No. Oh, it was great he's uh like the lady is a queen i think like he has like a like a book out about you know being a cross-dresser he used to do a whole show where he would like cross-dress this guy and he's like a famous cross-dresser for vegas like one of those guys where like you really didn't see him or hear about him anywhere else but if you're in vegas like frank marino you'd see his name yeah, on yeah. these cabs like the little triangle mm-hmm. that sits on top of the cab you know what i'm talking about They're the little billboard things sure, sure. That they have that they rent out and uh, so Dice had that room. It was like the upstairs room. It's a larger room. And uh, we went to see it. We're howling like little school yeah. children. And then after it was over, we were hanging out backstage. And I was like, holy shit, I'm backstage with Dice. Like I was thinking about like being a kid and listening to his, it was a cassette Yeah, he had in my tapes, car. Yeah, tapes, Dice
2: rules. Yeah. Shit, yeah.
0: It was just Dice, I think. The first one was just Dice. Yeah. You know, and I was listening to it with this girl I was dating. We were crying laughing. We thought it was so funny. Because back then it was, like, so shocking what he was saying.
2: Anytime someone dismisses Dice, I always go, uh, he goes, he's having a hard time making friends, so I go to see the psychotherapist. And I'm like, hey, Doc, I'm having a hard time making friends, you fucking (laughs) cocksucker. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, if you tell me that's not funny, you just don't know what funny Uh, is. That's funny.
0: Well, he, you know, if you know his story, that, that Dice part was a character.
2: Yep. Oh yeah, no, I know the whole. I mean, just from being a fan, but I heard him on your thing too. Tell the whole yeah. story and everything. But it's, it's weird that he, it's weird that he acknowledges it being a character and still, in a weird way, chooses to live <laughs> as the character.
0: He likes it. He likes being that guy. He Likes I'm, wearing wrestling I'm, I'm sort of okay. fucking Oh, jo- Joey
2: Buttafucco sweatshirts and shit. He wears just those the cut weightlifting gloves. Oh, yeah, going to do flash yeah. dance. <laughs> the flash dance shirts. <laughs> he <sighs>
0: nice used dress. to
2: wear the Gold's Gym jacket everywhere. It's gr- the way he came out. On that uh the one he did in the round, the special. Yeah. Was what just hilarious just the band the headband with the big feathered like staying alive hair. Well you ever hear him talk about how he
0: tried to move back to Brooklyn too? Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh, it's hilarious.
2: <laughs> yeah. He just tried to
0: move back with those animals. They're like, you know, like after he became the Dice Man, I'm gonna go back to the neighborhood. Okay. <laughs> gotta get, get back nice to fucking Beverly Hills. And put up a fence and hide behind. it. He <laughs> can't. It's you the can't same just be hanging around with those people.
2: It's an interesting. I, I'd be curious to find out if Larry the Cable Guy, like he's like, hey, hey babe, I gotta run to the hardware store or whatever. You know, I'm sure he doesn't do that, but whatever I have to go out for. If he has to go throw on like a sleeveless flannel shirt, if he can go back. I mean, he's like a tucked in shirt guy. Well, he that is a complete and total character. character. Yeah, Dan Whitney, but yeah. I'm saying but but uh, does he I mean, does he almost committed to living his life now as Larry the Cable Guy? I mean, he I sort of he has, to. has to. I mean, if
0: he ever went out as Dan Whitney or did an interview like on The View, he's one of the few real characters in stand-up. Whereas like if he went on The View, I don't know why I keep saying The View. But if he went on the the Jimmy Fallon show mm-hmm. The Tonight Show and And he went on as Dan Whitney, it would probably blow his whole fucking thing.
2: Well, isn't that what happened? You can almost pinpoint the change in Dice's career trajectory was when he cried on Arsenio Hall. He humanized himself too much, which some people probably thought was a cool thing, but when he cried about like, you know, Dice Man's supposed to come out and be, you know, they were taking his movie out of the theater. That was his beef. And he got teary-eyed. But if before he, you know, Dice is supposed to come out and be like, fuck you, Don't see my movie, you twats. Wow. But he cried on Arsenio Hall, and it was real. It was a genuine moment, and that's just, you know, that's not who Dice is. Well,
0: I think he was also under some insane pressure. Like, if you don't remember what it was like back then, like, there were so many people that were angry. I mean, he had, like, some hateful comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the things that he was making fun, like, the way he was making fun of it. It's like, if you go back and listen to, like, Eddie Murphy Raw, if you go back and see some of the gay stuff... Like, it was, like, really aggressively anti-gay. Like, well, I homophobic. Was, the
2: comic strip in New York, I've told this on so many radio shows, but it does make me laugh that how things have changed, and no one comes down on Eddie Murphy ever for this stuff, but they have two of his gold albums on the wall. And the first one, track four, is just called Faggots. <laughs> and then track one on the next album <laughs> is cause... Uh, It says faggots and then parentheses says revisited. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't cover it all in the first go round. Oh
0: my God. Well, it's in that way, like social justice warriors, as it were, are kind of important because that's the only reason why a lot of this change has taken place is because of how outraged people got. Like if people just kept quiet about it back then. So, in a way, like a lot of the 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 over like taking it too far it like sort of bounces back and has a healthy middle you know what i mean like in some ways like there's always going to be like the far left but in a, in a lot of ways the far left tempers the far right it's like because like the standard it, it, it changes it moves back and forth like if you if you let people go and and you know be as racist and as homophobic and as hateful as they want and don't do anything about it they kind of never realize that what they're doing is shitty But because of the blowback, like Dice, all that crying and everything that Mm -hmm. he did, that's probably a direct result of blowback. Like, he's probably like, he was constantly experiencing people that were protesting. Remember, he got kicked off of MTV for life? For life. Mm -hmm. And I remember Kurt Loder saying about how unfunny it was and this and that. Like, unfunny to who? To you, okay, I guarantee you, if he did that late night at the comedy store, it would fucking crush. Oh sure, yeah. So, like, are you recognizing this as a character, or do you think this is a real person who's saying these real things? And do you don't think there's any comedy in this this play that he's putting on, which is essentially he's p- pretending <laughs> yeah. to be this soulful guy. Oh, you cocksucker!
2: Like, that, yeah, saying so he's gonna fuck a guy's chick in front of him. Yeah. and stuff like. That, it's, mean, it's
0: obvious that he doesn't really mean that. I mean, he's like five minutes left. That's what he's doing. There's some craziness to it. There's, I mean, it's a character. I mean, is, that a, is there a difference between that character and the bad guy character in a movie where the guy is going to run around killing people or raping people? Or Is there a difference? I mean, it is just fiction. Like, how come we don't hold the actor responsible because the actor didn't write it? If he wrote it and he wanted to be the bad guy, would we we'd be upset at him? No, it's like for the well, comedian, for, that kind of, for
2: that kind of comedy. But mm-hmm. I mean, but there's also... You don't have to do a character to say... I feel like I feel like the entire disclaimer of everything goes to like I said earlier, it's like there's a laughing microphone behind you on a wall, like we're not you know what I mean, like I'm not addressing yeah you know the state of the the state of the union, you know what I mean, like yeah, I, I'm up here telling it's like it's clearly that was all my thing about uh with the Tosh, the lady getting so mad, it's like, do you believe for one split second? That Daniel Tosh is pro rape and has slipped through the cracks to find himself massive television success. Like, do you believe that? Ha- like, that doesn't happen. No, it doesn't it's, happen. That it, would have reared its head before. It's not
0: what they're saying. What they're saying is they found a green light. They found a green light to be outraged, and you know, also some people are way more sensitive than others. You know, being called out in front of all those people, having everybody laugh at what he said to her, probably sucked for her. Sure. So she decided that she was. For whatever reason, you know, she was justified in proving her point, or making her point, or expressing herself. Which, you know, you should be allowed to express yourself, but sure. the idea that he's supposed to apologize for that, like, if you look at what it was on paper, and then they hear comics agreeing with him, that was just disappointing. But it's your just-
2: outrage is supposed to come at, like, oppression, injustice, whatever. It's not You're not supposed to, like, rage against the art. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like...
0: In a clear the creatives? fucking around situation where someone's just fucking around. It's clear. I mean, he's ad-libbing. This is not a, a thought-out piece you know, where he's advocating a woman, a random woman getting raped for no reason. Other but it's also than not a
2: particular. clan rally is what I'm saying. You're yeah. like they're, they're in an environment of this is what it is.
0: Well, you know what, man? Some people would be really happy if everybody was exactly like them. If everybody had the same sensibilities, sensitivities, and everybody had the same ideas about what's important to talk about, what you can't talk about, what's taboo, what's okay, you know, there's plenty of people out there that agree and disagree, and they're fucking going at it back and forth. That's what's fascinating. That's what's fascinating about trying to find out where's the middle ground. Like, how much of it is me being crazy? How much of it is uh, me just tapping into one mindset with whatever thing you support or disagree with? You know, anything, whether it's the style of comedy that people do or the kind of music that people are into, some fucking kid got arrested because he took some lyrics to a song and uh, put, it up, put the lyrics up as a tweet, and they arrested him because it was like some fucking For crazy some
2: song about school shootings. Oh, okay. I was going to say, it wasn't for, like, the actual copyright of the song. No. You're saying.
0: No, 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 He they, they came, they arrested him because he, he tweeted some, and the band, I forget what the, the, show's almost over. I forget what the band's name was that uh, came to his defense, but they're like, this is the lyrics to our song. It's like an anti-school shooting song, you know, but it's, like, talking about, like, where this all comes from. The ra- I don't know if it's an anti-school su- shooting song, but it's just a song. And it's coming from, like, the rage of, like, where, where where's this guy feeling? What is this guy doing? And he, this guy tweeted this. These lyrics, like, like, if you tweet something from a movie about, like, kill them all, let God sort them out, like, does that mean I'm going to go out and kill people? Or, I mean, like, Gus
2: Van Sant made a whole, basically, a Columbine movie. Yeah, right? know, yeah, it's funny. Remember what he did in that movie, though? what he added in, for some reason, was before they went to do the murder, they just got in the shower together and made out. <laughs> what, <laughs> what movie was <laughs> he that? <just> add, uh, <laughs> ele- elephant. Elephant. He just added that in there. Before they went to go shoot, they, it was all the same thing, like, filming themselves and planning the whole thing for weeks and getting the guns together. And then right before school that morning, they just hopped in the shower together started making out. The two dudes? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Nothing about that ever in the real story. That was how he made it like, you know, oh, no, this isn't the Columbine story. These kids were making out in a shower first. Wow, that's pretty clever of him. <laughs> <Hilarious>. <laughs>
0: and on that note, Big Jay Ogerson, thank you very much, brother. This a lot of fun. Dude, this is amazing. This thank more you so often. much. I think we could do like 100 of these.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, you know anytime I come out, dude, I'll be Anytime. How often you know? are you out here? I'm trying to come out more. I'm trying to come out like three times a year at least.
0: Beautiful, and you're on uh, Ari Shafir's storyteller show that's online, and you doing the 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 other one tonight. Yeah, Yeah. I'm doing
2: the one for TV tonight. So uh,
0: I think there's probably some tickets available. Ari was upset that uh, they weren't moving quick enough. People just didn't know about it, but they're available for free. Contact Ari Shafir on Twitter, and he will respond to you and get you tickets for free. Yeah, Big J, Big J Okerson on Twitter. What's your website? Uh, Big J Comedy. Big J Comedy, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you,
2: brother. I have to do. Thanks for having me. Fun times. Me. Amazing.
0: Thanks to our sponsor. Thanks to Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com, use the code word Rogan, and save 10% off your first purchase at squarespace.com. Entering the code word Rogan. Thanks also to LegalZoom. Enter the code word Rogan at the referral box at checkout. LegalZoom. An awesome way to do legal shit from the comforts of your own home. And last but not least, thanks to Onnit.com. That's O-N-N-I-T. Use the code word ROGAN and save 10% off any and all supplements. All right, we'll be back tomorrow with uh, Rupert Sheldrake. And then Thursday with Graham Hancock. See you soon. Bye-bye. Big kiss.